is Ryan Dawson, uh, who is a blogger, podcaster, author, and filmmaker. He has been involved in political activism for more than 20 years. His prolific work has garnered him appearances on TV from Russia Today, The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, and Al Jazeera. And his work has been featured on many websites, uh, including uh, George Galloway and Pat Buchanan's uh, websites. Dawson's hard-hitting material has roused much elitist ire, so much so that he has had a variety of his YouTube channels taken down, uh, even though some of them have had um, millions of views. Uh, his content has had millions of views, many hours of his time gone. Dawson is as unapologetic in his truth-telling as ever, though, and he is creating content still at the Anti-Neocon Report. Uh, we'll find out all about that within uh, the uh, interview, but he is also a North Carolina native uh, who's also a strong advocate for the South. So I feel like in a way he is a kindred spirit with me. Dawson now lives with his wife and children in Japan where he's a goodwill ambassador for the state of Nara. Welcome, Ryan. Wow, you got a lot of uh, info on me there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to research my guests um, the only reason I do a podcast is because I think there's so many interesting people in the world doing fantastic journalism. And I have a journalism degree and I retired from mainstream journalism back in the day to have babies and stuff. But oh man, uh, that's how you dug just... up everything because you have a degree in journalism. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot on you out there. So let's find out what is fact and what but is there's fiction. a lot of BS about me out there, too, though. So, oh, yeah. yeah. There, there, there are a whole, um, there's a whole slew of information dedicated to how you're just a horrible person. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll demystify all that. Cool. <laughs> all right. Well, I've only been at this blogging thing for five years and I had a little hack a few months ago. Sorry, I'm really hot. Um, <laughs> and that almost made me give up and it was just a little hack and I only had to spend a few hundred bucks to get my stuff back up nothing was gone everything was still there and it was just enough to drive me over the edge so your story is fascinating to me because you've really been put through the ringer and you still keep on trucking so can mm -hmm. you give us some more details about how and why your censorship unfolded and what some of your struggles have been with that i mean uh, i'm sure oh, you yeah. just want to I've lost wants to explode. I've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue and I've and I've lost tens of thousands of dollars just playing defense that they they canceled my PayPal of 15 years. So everything I had accrued of people uh, doing reoccurring donations and so on were just gone overnight. They canceled my Patreon that was up to eight grand a month. Uh, the day Glenn Maxwell was arrested, so it was about to explode, and they canceled that. They canceled my Google AdSense, which means I didn't have Google Ads and I couldn't monetize YouTube either. Not that YouTube ever monetized me anyway. They would always put it in review indefinitely, so they they didn't say no or yes. It would just sit there in limbo, which is just like saying no. And had my mon if I had been monetized on YouTube, I'd be a millionaire. But uh, instead, I made zero. <laughs> they went after my host, so I had to change hosts and pay for all that. And I've uh, I've had so many things canceled. My Vimeo was canceled. I had six years on there, six years worth of videos, all gone overnight. Which means every web page that had linked to it or embedded it 
went to a dead, you know, nothing. So I had to go through and replace all that stuff. And so fortunately, the last like two out of 15 years worth of YouTube videos I had removed were backed up on BitChute, most of them. Uh, and then we have Odyssey now. I had Rumble. I was banned from Rumble for nine months. And then they, they did return it, though. And they didn't erase anything. So it was just... But I had nine months of posting nothing. So, <laughs> But uh, that's there, and I have PeerTube. It's hard. And, uh, of course, I've been banned on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. And they never give you a reason. I think my latest ban on Twitter was telling the truth about Ukraine because they also banned Pepe Escobar, and he had like 79,000. They banned Scott Ritter. He has 100 and something thousand. They banned him twice. And neither of these guys broke any rules other than the unsaid rule of you're not espousing the propaganda of the Democratic Party, uh, which often is the same as the Republican Party on foreign policy. But yeah, so I got banned before both of them, though. So a little little feather in my cap. I was more truthy, more damaging, I guess. Right. Yeah. And you just Twitter's awful. And that's why I'm hoping Elon Musk can change something. And it's pretty bad when a libertarian is hoping a, a guy that wants to name his kids after letters and numbers is going to take over because that would be less crazy than what we have. But that's true. <laughs> well, what are. Uh, OK, so you're losing time. You're losing money. Um, and I lost my the... content. I can't replace yeah. that. It's 15 yeah. years of my life of doing a video every day sometimes two or three a day just gone uh and people cannot find me anymore like yeah. uh they i had fans and stuff but when you're banned on twitter facebook and youtube and everything all at once they don't know where to go and exactly. even though i've said you gotta go to bitshoot you gotta go to vk or odyssey they don't because i mean some do but most people are addicted to these so easy they got a little app on their phone they just do their twitter or whatever they're not using gab I got banned from Getter too. That took like three days. Right. <laughs> you can't uh, you can't give details, especially about September 11th or any of these wars. Now you can be anti-war in a general sense, mm -hmm. and you can say you can you can talk about September 11th if you're saying the nonsense stuff, you know, the airplane denial and stuff like that. But you cannot talk about it seriously if you start getting in and naming people involved then they'll erase you uh and that's what i do same thing with ukraine you can say oh i don't think we should be sending weapons or something like that but if you start going after the oligarchs and the corruption and going into the biden and Kerry family and all that then you get in trouble and uh and if you're in ukraine they'll kidnap you oh yeah mm -hmm. yeah um let's jump ahead i got some more uh questions talking about just your basic censorship but independent journalist Gonzalo Lira last I heard is missing mm -hmm. um, have you heard anything about that I mean truth-telling is difficult business just from censorship and videos getting taken down and losing content but it can be extremely dangerous too uh, yeah he's known I as mean, coach red pill yeah 54 uh, year old uh, from Chile that lives in uh, lived in Kharkov he most likely is laying low took the batteries out of his phone and is not going to roll the dice because there are neo-Nazis all over that city right now. Yeah. I don't think they captured him because his YouTube and Telegram are still up and they would have made him erase those 
or they would have erased them themselves because they'd have his fingerprint and could just make him do it. So more than likely, he's doing the smart thing of seeing everyone else getting abducted and saying, look, I'm I'm out. I'm, I'm not posting. This is my life for a while. But his content that he's already made is still there. So I'm pretty confident that's the case, actually, because if you're going to off somebody, you'd also off their content. And they haven't yet. So, And it's amazing that YouTube's allowed him to speak because they don't let anyone else talk. They haven't figured it out yet or something. But, uh, yeah, that's he hasn't been targeted. But he, he does avoid and has avoided the, uh, the, the most taboo role. So he, has, he does talk about Ihor Kolomoisky and stuff, but he doesn't point out the ties to Israel other than a passport or something. like. And that's because, he, and I know he knows, he just can't. Like that right. will get your YouTube erased in seconds when you go after uh, the privileged class of the the really what facilitates a lot of these oligarchs is the Israeli state. Right. And you can just look at the two conflicts and know within seconds how many times has mass media reported on Palestinians being murdered by Israelis? Never. And how many times they talk. I mean, they've covered the Ukraine war more in a day than the last you know, 30 years of the Palestine conflict. The only time you hear about Palestine is when Hamas does something wrong or, you know, it's with the Israelis getting attacked. You never hear about home demolitions and, you know, ethnic colonization. Like they openly demolish homes and build Jewish only cities. And you can't even say the J word in any context at all on YouTube or someone will scream anti-Semite and shut down your channel. It's like, wow. So, that group can't be can't have a supremacist element. Everyone else can, but not that one, right? And that's just part of the leftist fanaticism of no one can do any wrong other than straight white males or whatever, which is ridiculous. Anybody can be uh, bad, and the Israelis certainly are. They've blockaded Gaza, and they're ethnically cleansing the indigenous people of Palestine, and it's sickening. But there's not a peep about it. Saudi Arabia gets away with the same thing in Yemen. They're starving children to death. Of course, the U.S. did that in Iraq. Over half a million people died. That was that we know of up to 1997. There were six more years of sanctions after that. And we don't even have a clear number on how bad it got. But we do know it gets worse each year, right? Right. So you maybe 800,000 to a million may have died just from sanctions. And then there's the war, and then there's the insurgency. They flatten that place. There was some media on that a little bit, that, but it was more of an anti-Bush thing than anything else. Yeah. But there's nothing on Yemen. There's nothing on Palestine. There was they, there was nothing on Syria but propaganda. I mean, they were actually siding. This is how you think it's bad. They twisted to support neo Nazis in Ukraine, which they've done the mental gymnastics to do that. They supported Al Qaeda in Syria. Right. Not too long after September 11th, we're giving guns and money to the same groups. Right. Who allegedly did it all by themselves and never worked with the CIA ever, which is sarcasm. Uh, yeah. And that's what they did in Syria. It's lie after lie. And that's why they have to censor things, because I tell everybody I, this is my speech I always give. But <laughs> you can fiddle around with politics and say we should elect this person or that person. Or we should support, you know. Rand Paul or DeSantis or whoever your your guy or gal is, but I don't think any of that will matter until we fix the media. If you look at everything you can't stand, from banker bailouts to 
all the lies that start these wars. And it always starts in deception. If you want to get biblical, right? The father of lies. Like that lying is what predicates everything else. You usually don't end up with murder and theft and all the rest of it without lies. Every single lie, Gulf of Tonkin was a lie that got us into Vietnam. Babies on incubators was a lie that got us in the first Gulf War. The aluminum tubes, yellow cake, uranium, WMDs, anthrax, mobile labs, all those things were lies. And that got us into the next war. So I'd guess his own people was a lie. Gaddafi's rape armies and all that was a lie. Like they have to lie in order to justify the violence. If we had a functional media that would have said, nope, you're lying. Just like this Buka massacre. Ukraine did that, not Russia. All the forensic evidence, all the evidence points to that direction. But they're lying. If you end the lie, you end the violence. And it's much easier to stop it before it starts than after the fact. That's why we have to have a functional media. That's why they're censoring people who tell the truth. Because the truth is the cure. You want to know how to fix lies? Truth. Tell the truth. That's all you have to do. And now we've got a guy who was telling the truth, who's either in hiding or worse, for just challenging the lies of the empire. And it is an empire of lies. Yeah. I mean, I could keep listing things. They, they, lied. <laughs> they lied about Afghanistan. They lied about Panama. They lied about Iran-Contra. They lied about all these conflicts in Latin America, right, that the U.S. got involved in in the 80s uh, ad nauseum. They lied about Lusitania. They lied about the Maine. You know, they they lied about the Civil War. They li- it goes all the way back, the Mexican mm-hmm. War. Uh, both sides lied in that one, but you know, that's how it starts. And the way to fix that isn't by tinkering around on the other side with electing people. It's the media because if the media just pointed that out and said, "Nope." And the same thing for white-collar crime, all this stuff. If they were serious about election fraud, if they were serious uh, about, let's say, if they had told the truth about Hunter Biden or Ashley Biden, the diary or the laptops, uh, Joseph Biden would not be president right now. But they lied. They're like, no, this is Russian disinfo. Uh Uh-uh, that was American disinfo. There is a laptop. He does do quid pro quo. He is smoking crack and meth and banging hookers and making deals with communist Chinese and and working with oligarchs in Ukraine. That's what Burisma Holdings is. It's not just an oil and gas company. It was a money laundering facility to U.S. politicians for oligarchs that work for the Israeli state. Right. And instead, and Applebaum and all these elitist media people, they just say the laptop's not a... Big deal at all. There's know. three laptops oh, now. They're they're so they're a year and a half behind. They're just now reporting on the Delaware laptop. You got a couple more already, uh, and they're just oh yes, it's it's just like they blame 2016 on Russian hackers, and you were allowed to question that up for four years, but you can't question 2020 mail-in votes or anything. You're not allowed. To, you might be wrong, but you're not even allowed to ask that question. Or point out any anomalies of 2020. But you don't even need that. Actively what Twitter and the rest of these turds did. Suppressing the Hunter story. Just you don't need a zillion examples. That alone is election interference. Censoring the New York Post. And the sitting president of the United States. And the the White House uh, press secretary. They did that. And they put warnings on it. And they 
either banned people or scared them into self-censorship for reporting on it. And it's just like Kyle Rittenhouse. They're, the Twitter experts thought he was an active shooter that went around killing black people. Yeah. He was a yeah. child that defended himself from a child uh, raping uh, lunatic who had just gotten out of jail. Another guy who was choking his girlfriend and punched his grandmother and who was hitting him with a skateboard and grabbing his gun. And another guy who was had a gun in his face who had been charged for breaking and entering was on probation and wasn't even supposed to have a firearm. Like, they attacked him. They attacked him. They were already attacking the city. That whole context of, yeah, a bunch of thugs setting gas stations and car lots on fire and destroying all the property didn't matter. Like, one of the people stood up for themselves successfully, and the entire liberal media came down on that guy, not the looters and thugs and child rapist pedophiles that were setting everything on fire, allegedly about police abuse for the death of the man who wasn't dead. He was shot but survived before you pulling a knife on the police and kidnapping a kid. Yeah, it just because they don't know the context because you're not allowed to say it. So if you're sitting there watching CNN and getting all your news from Twitter, Kyle Rittenhouse seems like a monster. He wasn't. Even after the trial, some idiots were saying that. And I'm just using this as an example. And the Covington case is another one. They're all outraged. What, what did that guy, kid, child really do? He's a high school student at the time. He stood on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial with a MAGA hat, which is his utmost freedom to do. Like, make America great. That's what he believes, and he's just standing still, getting yelled at by black Hebrew Israelites and a mapeaneo, is what we call him. Uh, the, the American Indian guy, that he's in a Skrillex video, his name is Philip. Uh, we call him the finger waver because he's <laughs> one of these guys that just... I saw him before at a vital powwow in Virginia even, and he's not even remotely near Virginia, but he would just go to any and everyone to, yeah, just like say the obvious. Like, yes, we know there was our genocides and all that. Like, that's not what we're doing here. We're, we're having a powwow for veterans and we're eating fry bread and just having a good time. Like, right. <laughs> this isn't preachier. You can do, it's not like, denied or anything but like dude we have museums on the reservation that are all dedicated to stuff like that no you're not like enlightening anybody on anything new you're just being a right. debbie downer <laughs> anyway yeah are you part native american i am you are mm -hmm. how, how much so do you know that's that's personal okay. <laughs> yeah okay it's uh i don't i don't actually know uh because you doesn't you can't do genetics like well if your mom's this your dad's this you're fifty percent that fifty percent that because you have recessive and dominant genes and it all depends on okay. which ones are expressed and whatnot but all my family's mixed my parents are my grandparents are and also I'd have to sit here and do math <laughs> but <Okay. laughs> like between uh, I don't know between seventy five and fifty somewhere in there okay what the, tribe can you tell me that Croatoan and Tuscarora. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Um, back to uh, being canceled and whatever. You dramatically losing your followers because people can't find you. So these are the things that people say about you, the big things. You're a Holocaust denier, <laughs> a 9-11 truther, and a conspiracy theorist. Uh -huh. But all you have to do is 
read your work and listen yeah. to your videos to see that that is not i i hate i hate 911 truth because i don't believe i mean i don't espouse the government narrative on 911 but there's a there's a a range we call between the spook and the kook right okay. uh absolutely al qaeda attacked us on 911 and uh Yes, there were hijackers, and yes, there were airplanes, and yes, all that, all that's, all that happened. Yes, a plane hit the Pentagon. All that, I don't deny any of that stuff. My issue is how separate Al Qaeda is from intelligence agencies, and when you zoom in on that, like just a few examples, Zaid Al Jara from Flight 93 had two first cousins working for Israeli intelligence, busted months after 9/11. Uh, the flight, some the hijackers on Flight 77, like Khalid Al Midhar and Nawab Al Hazmi, had been tracked to an Al Qaeda summit meeting by the CIA, where they met with KSM, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, spent the night with them, even used their real names, got uh, fast track passports, lived in California, met with Omar Bayoumi for, as a Saudi agent, and another guy, Osama Basnan, who bought him an apartment gave money, logistical support. They couldn't even speak English, made sure they got to their flight schools. They're getting supported openly by people, and they got money. So uh, Francis Haifa, Bandar Bush's wife, the head of the head of Saudi Arabia's CIA, GID, uh, sent money. He sent money through his wife to the wives of Osama Basnan. Her name was Mawid Darket. And uh, that then they threw Riggs Bank laundered money to the hijackers, and the same thing Omar Bayoumi was getting was paying for their stuff, but then he was being paid by the Saudi state. Now, if you and that's all our own FBI admits this. This isn't like a lot. This is in the GIS report. People always focus on the 9/11 Commission report, which doesn't really tell you much. But the joint inquiry by the Senate did go over a lot of this. There's more on. There's a lot more, and I have a five-hour movie about it. And this, yeah. the other lies are, this the follow-up attack on September 11th, where somebody sent anthrax, and the note said "Death to America, Death to Israel," right? And ignoring the dancing Israelis and that whole story first, just put that on the side for a second. They said that senior Iraqi officials met in Prague and gave anthrax to Mohammed Atta. And so that's how Al Qaeda got anthrax and sent it to Patrick Leahy and and U.S. senators and people in the media, and none of that was true. There was no meeting in Prague, and Iraq didn't have anthrax, and neither did Al Qaeda. The official story says it was a guy named Bruce Ivins that worked at Fort Detrick, Maryland, did it all by himself, and just tried to blame it on Al Qaeda. I guess there was this opportunity. There's an attack. Oh, I'll just send some anthrax to people, right? That's the official story. And then he was suicided before he had a trial. And another uh, another uh, scientist, Perry Mixel, was suicided from Fort Detrick as well. Well, we have prior t- uh, to that uh, Israeli partisans who were fired from the lab on film, breaking into the lab and working on anthrax illegally. And then they're missing samples, 23 missing samples of anthrax. One of them, his name is Philip Zach. No one interviewed him. No, nothing. It's all Bruce Ivins. Whatever. There's a, that's something to set on the side, too, because I can talk about what happened. But the point is, it wasn't Iraq, right? And they lied about that. And the source for that was James Woolsey, 
who got it from Israeli security force. Now, obviously, Israel is going to lie to try to get America to attack its enemies. Why wouldn't they? James Woolsey, the only, he's the former DCI of the CIA. He was the director who only got, he got appointed by Clinton because of blackmail from Jeffrey Epstein. They hated each other. Clinton wouldn't even meet with him in person, but he got forced into putting this neocon there. Not that Clinton's a good guy either, but he did have a line. Of course, Clinton met with Epstein himself. So did Hillary. And that's Epstein's story is another thing to set on the side because that's a long tangent and stuff. <laughs> but the thing is, my problem with 9-11 Truth is they're not digging into how anthrax was erroneously attacked Iraq and led us to war because that was specifically the WMD when they say Iraq didn't have weapons of mass destruction. Well, let's not be general. Colin Powell went to the UN with a mock vial of you know fake anthrax with his speech about mobile weapons labs that had VX gas and anthrax. And then Judith Miller and Sapphire and all these New York Times people reiterated those lies, which they were getting from the PNAC group, Crystal and Kagan and so on. And that was the legal pretext. They said Iraq was in violation of UN Resolution 1441, which stipulated they couldn't have weapons of mass destruction. And the example was anthrax and that they had given it to Al-Qaeda and Al-Qaeda attacked us on 9-11. And people my age signed up to be in the military to fight Iraq, think that Iraq had something to do with September 11th and the anthrax attack, and they did not. All right, that crime is provable right there. There was no anthrax. James Woolsey lied about it. So did the Israelis and all these newspapers that, you know, reiterated this junk, like the New York Observer, first paper to report about it in uh, America, which was owned by Charles Kushner. <laughs> yeah, ah. right. Yeah, so it's both. And that guy ended up being a felon and going to jail for setting honey traps on his own brother-in-law. Uh, he also he would pay hookers to film sex with people and very Epstein-ish, you know. That's a long story. But my thing with 9-11 Truth is they don't get into any of the real stuff. They just talk about how fast the buildings fell and a bomb on every floor and building seven this and that and whatever. And I'm not interested in that. So I don't like the label 9-11 Truth. Even though I'm telling the truth about September 11th, that's not what that word means anymore. 9-11 Truth is Alex Jones and Loose Chain. You, you know what it means. It's like it's the nonsense stuff. It's the school shooter denier people, the flat earthers and that kind of crowd. So I reject that. All right, to the Holocaust stuff. All right. Holocaust denial means when they, that sounds like someone doesn't think there was a Holocaust at all or something. Yep. But really, all you need to get that label is if you say 5,999,999 Jews died in the Holocaust, you're a Holocaust denier because it's not 6 million or whatever. Yep. Uh, even though Holocaust scholars from Raul Hilberg to even Deborah Lipstadt and stuff, nobody. Set that six million number is not from history, it's from Hollywood. And that doesn't mean there wasn't a Holocaust. There definitely was a Holocaust, and millions of not just Jews, millions of lots of types of people were murdered by National Socialists in camps in Poland. Uh, but what I did is there are some revisionists that really uh, deny a lot of aspects about uh, like gas and ovens and whatever. So I had some of these people on my show to say, what what is you what do you think? Right? I had David Cole on, Eric Hunt on, I had Gamar Rudolph on. Now, Gamar Rudolph is a guy, he was a chemist that went to Auschwitz and tested the walls and didn't find Zyklon B residue. Uh, probably because they have five different said crematoriums and maybe one of them wasn't 
agreement to him. Maybe it wasn't more. Maybe he did the test wrong. Maybe whatever. But they put him in jail for getting the wrong answer. And he's like, but that <laughs> that was my answer. Maybe you could say, well, you, you dug in too far or whatever, right? You could explain it. But I think as, you, no one should go to jail for having the wrong historical opinion, right? That, that was crazy. That's all that interview was. Eric Hunt was on my show. And I argued the other side. So he's given the revisionist side and I'm giving them the counterpoints. And I actually changed his mind and he's no longer a revisionist. But what they do is they say, you platform Eric Hunt, who said, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, I know he did. And I won. And I now he says the opposite. He's saying all my talking points. I'm the pro Holocaust. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I don't mean, you know what I mean? Like I, I was from the... Oh, it did. This did happen. This explains this and that. Like they say, uh, I don't want to get into the details, whatever. But, you know, there are a lot of exaggerations about the Holocaust. I mean, soap and lampshades is not true. That was um, propaganda. They had a city of Weimar come into the Buchenwald camp. And basically the OSS had this horror display of human bone ashtrays and skin lampshades and soap and stuff like that. None of that was real. Um, and again, scholars don't say it's real. That's just something you heard in school or whatever. School's a joke. No one, nobody serious of, um, either side, revisionist or orthodoxy, whatever, believe in, uh, lampshades or soap. Right. Like it was a known psych war department operation. And it's important to admit that because, if you don't admit that and you act like that was real and it gets debunked, then you're in a slippery slope situation where going, aha, well, they lied about that. Maybe they lied about gas. Maybe they lied about this and that. Another thing is the revisionists will hone in on crematoriums and say, there's no way you burn 6 million bodies in ovens. And I agree, but that's not the orthodox story. There, there were crematoriums on some camps, six camps in Poland had them for getting rid of uh, typhus victims and stuff because the bodies can still spread disease. But they didn't put 6 million people in, you know, 15 or even 50 ovens. They just dug a big pit outside, put all the bodies in and burn them all at the same time in a big burn pit. And we know that because they said that's what they did and photographed it. And so that's how they, it wasn't in crematoriums. It was a burn pit. Now there are people who are, who like want to be, say they they gas and oven everybody, and they think if you get rid of ovens, there's no Holocaust. Not at all. Right. That's pretty ridiculous, actually. If you think yeah. about it, why would the Germans individually burn each body in an oven when you could just put a hundred of them in a pit all at once? And so, it's important to debunk that too, because if you tell any rational person, yeah, they gassed like twenty thousand at a time, and then they started burning them all, you know, one at a time in an oven you would still be burning them now. Like they, a rational person would go, well, that's not true. Therefore it didn't happen. So like what well, it happened, just that person has the story wrong. They're nine 11 cooking the Holocaust by saying every body was put in an oven. And that happened because there were witnesses who saw bodies go in the ovens. Cause they did, they did oven uh, people who died in the labor camps from exposure, typhus, uh, malnutrition, whatever. But, that's not how they exterminated people in mass. They put them in burn pits and there are burn pits in Birkenau and there are like, this is not like 
questioned, right? That's not, it's, and it was not because all oh, the Nazis confessed because they were tortured. Although that did happen, they did torture people into confessing things. This is like forensically done. There was a Holocaust, there were burn pits, people died in mass. Some were killed, some died. Both are true. And that's another thing they'll seize on. They're like, whoa, why would they kill their labor? We're like, well, they, <clears throat> at first they weren't. First, it was labor camps, and the first people put in camps was in Dachau, and it was anti-Nazi Germans. The first people they went after were not Jews, they were not gypsies or Roma or uh, whatever. It was uh, Germans that were thrown into labor camps because that was the biggest threat to the party in the beginning. And there were no exterminations in Germany. All The entirety of the Holocaust is in Poland. There's 22 camps of the 16 that were liberated in Germany. None of them had uh, any gas chambers or crematoriums or burn pits. All of it happens either in uh, Auschwitz, Birkenau, Treblinka, and uh, Majdanek mostly, and a little bit there in Belzec and Sobibor. But um, again, I, I'm, I'm like scared to give you the nuanced view because you'll get in trouble <laughs> if I, well, if, if it's, wow, it was only four and a half million instead of saying, well, like that right. changes anything. It shouldn't, that should be good news. Go, like, oh, wow, a million more people survived than we thought. That's not bad, right. but no, that's, they, it's gotta be maximum, you know, horror. Um, but I, let's, like I said about Iraq could be 800,000 to a million. Does it matter if it was only 800,000 kids that died instead of 850,000? It doesn't matter to me. Wrong is wrong, but they're, they're, it's like a religion for some people. Like six million, they're gassed and ovened. I'm like, stop saying ovened because you sound retarded. That's not even possible, right? And that's not even what they said they did. That's not even what we said they said. You know, that's that's Steven Spielberg stuff. That's not from any of the of the literature or forensic evidence at all. And it doesn't make sense. And that's yeah. not a denial. That's just the denial of the ridiculous, like the electric floors or being fed to an eagle and a bear or the masturbation machines or the holocaster of death. There's all manner of stupid stuff said about the Holocaust. There's all manner of stupid stuff said about September 11th, where they talk about holograms, miniature nukes, pods on the planes, a missile hitting the Pentagon. That doesn't mean 9-11 didn't happen. 9-11 happened. It's just all that ridiculous stuff is false. The Holocaust happened. But a lot of that stuff, you know, lumberjack death, buried in pig shit, all this stuff they said, that, okay, that's gas vans, none of that happened. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. It just means there's a bunch of exaggerations about an event that are dumb. Same with September 11th. Uh, and other, and even Jeffrey Epstein, as terrible as they were, there's a lot of kookery on that too. It's not a denial of it to debunk the ridiculous. But for the ADL and all these groups, if anything, any exaggeration about the Holocaust that you don't agree with, then you're a denier. Because right. they just don't like what you're saying politically about Israel and they want to label you that because then you seem like you wanted it to happen or you're a Nazi or a white supremacist or something like that. And that's, that's just stupid. <clears throat> I hate racism. <laughs> I think yeah. I just don't Go see ahead. that to me. It's not like the worst thing in the world. I, I feel like the murdering people part is a lot worse than the idea of racial supremacy. Yeah. Like if, if, uh, if Israel only believed they were su superior, it wouldn't bother me so much as them actively going out and killing Palestinians. Mm -hmm. And even if they didn't think they were superior and they went around killing Palestinians still, 
just as wrong. Yes. The Obama bombed Libya. Maybe he wasn't racist, but he still started slavery in North Africa and murdered all those people. (laughs) Yeah. But you would lose your job if you said the N word as a president. You're you're gone. But if you kill a bunch of black people in Africa, that's acceptable. How weird is our value system where a word is a stronger condemnation than wholesale slaughter of hundreds of thousands of people throughout the Middle East and Africa? But that's truth. Yeah. They murdered. They drone striked weddings. They hit funerals. They starved people. That's all. You can support stuff like that. But don't say racist epithets. Don't use the wrong pronoun. That'll get you in trouble. You can kill women, but and you can kill gays, and you can you can do that because I'm sure there were females in Libya, and I'm sure there were homosexuals in Libya or Iraq or Syria or any other places we bombed, Somalia. But hey, you know, don't don't call them a name. <laughs> but that's where we're at. Like the the hardcore left. What I don't even know if we should call it that anymore. The radical. Uh, it's like a mental disorder. These people. You know what? They're so obsessed with identity politics that uh, that's what bothers them. That's why they hated Rittenhouse. They thought he was racist. Shooting Mm -hmm. people didn't matter so much. That happens every day in Chicago, Baltimore, where people get shot and killed, and they don't care. It's when they thought a white guy shot a black person that's what mattered was the race part because. Yeah, like, you know, like wearing your anti-racism on your sleeve gets you a pat on the head. You know, it's a I, I'm I'm morally virtuous, whatever. And sadly, uh, trying to do something about our fentanyl epidemic and homicide rate in a real way, regardless of who all color is killing what, you know, that no one cares because you don't get a pat on the head. And it's interesting, just the Rittenhouse thing, I think, is a good uh, kind of correlation or whatever to the Russia-Ukraine thing, uh, because I think there are still people that think Kyle Rittenhouse killed black people, and that's just what they think, and they don't want to hear anything. But even if they had been black, (laughs) if they had attacked him the way that the Jewish guys attacked him, it would have been the same thing. I mean, like, like, I'm glad they weren't black, because if they had been... Uh, there would have been even more riots because people would have just jumped to the conclusion that, oh, he just shot people because he's a racist lunatic and not looking at the specifics of, no, that guy chased him across two parking lots and was inches away from him. And he was a known felon who had raped five-year-old boys and exposed himself in jail. And he was actually targeting another kid with a single mom in Kenosha. And why do you get there from Arizona? Like, that's the other thing. Somebody's bussing these people in from all over the country to attack cities. This is organized crime. This is not, uh, they all happen to decide, let's go to Kenosha, Wisconsin today, right? Right. It was, uh, we saw a news event, and George Soros and others have financed to put them on green buses and bring them out there. That's what they did in Richmond. And Richmond PD had intelligence on it that they came across the state lines, they crossed the country to <clears throat> to set fire to buildings and they not only were they toppling confederate statues and stuff they set apartments on fire there was a young boy trapped in his house that was on fire and they they tried to block the fire trucks fortunately they just got through anyway and got the fire out but the, those people could have died from fire 
because Antifa was out there blocking the fire trucks uh, from putting out a fire that the Antifa also started. Right, and people will never hear that. They'll never hear anything about, you know, neo-Nazis being in Ukraine. They'll never hear any real science when it comes to COVID. You know, oh, that's awesome. Science. Here's one. So Adam Hollins, the guy that started the Ryan Dawson Holocaust denial crap, and he is a hardcore, like, Azov Battalion supporter in Ukraine because the title of his thing was RT's Ryan Dawson, Holocaust and Iron Friends with Hate Criminals or something. Every, he, he lied three times just in his title. I don't work for RT. I've just appeared on RT. I don't have hate criminal friends, whatever that is, and I don't deny the Holocaust. I've done, I've done more to debunk Holocaust denial than almost any individual. Like they, <clears throat> I, I don't, I don't just yell Nazi at somebody and don't let them speak. I go, okay, tell me everything you think, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. I do that with race realists and stuff too. I'm like, okay, you tell me that, and I'll tell you, I'll give you better explanations for these statistics and stuff. Right. <laughs> Is what we ought to be doing. Sunshine is the best policy. And some of these people I didn't reach, but I did reach their audience because I got so many emails from young people going, man, I was going, I was on that ship and you turned it around for me. I never thought about X, Y, and Z before. And that makes me feel good because I feel like, yeah, I just saved your career because that's just a toxic, poisonous ideology going on that white nationalism or whatever it is. <clears throat> uh, black nationalism too. Like it's it, dude. Man, your <laughs> genetic teleology for cognitive things is just dead wrong. You know, that's like saying your your language is from your genes. Your ability to have a language is from your genes. Which language you have is whatever you're taught. And your ability to have a philosophy or whatever is from your genes. But which one you choose, political philosophy or whatever, is all software, obviously. And take any baby and teach them any language and any any ideology. They believe in genetic determinism for race. I don't. But I've engaged these people and changed their minds. But they, they're like, no, no, you can't talk to them. You're not allowed to talk to these people. I've argued with David Duke. I've argued with uh, the like all the dark web people, whatever. <laughs> I've challenged them openly. And what's funny is those guys are more willing to support free speech than the left because i try to argue with the communist or something they won't they're they're scared right mm -hmm. well i can argue with racists they're not going to censor it and it doesn't work well for them because i'm right you know <laughs> like but they'll at least do it you know whereas some people try to argue with bernie bros there was a thing one time this company called call out where they had like debate tournaments or whatever and even they spent all this money on Facebook and so on, and they could not find a single Hillary supporter to debate me. So they end up with this guy. His nickname is Destiny. Saint oh, yeah. And I, I he, he wasn't a Hillary supporter. He was an anti-Trumper. And I wasn't yeah. a Trumper. I was just anti-Hillary. Yeah. But that's the best they could find. And I annihilated this guy. And they're like, I'm like, that was their... That was your guy? I didn't know he was a sort of famous like debater or whatever. I thought he was pathetic. But maybe he is good at debating. But the, I don't care. You could be the best, smartest person in the world. If you're trying to argue him half of Hillary Clinton, you got nothing to work with. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, 
but uh, that's what they went section. with. But they could not find. Yeah, the comment, the best comment it's was awesome. something like, I think Destiny won the debate because he got a two hour free education. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's that's why they left won't do it, because I will eviscerate these people. I can eviscerate the right also. But the right seems to be willing to engage in dialogue. The left will not because they have nothing to stand on. You cannot, through reason and logic, argue 72 genders. You can't. Like, all their policies are hinged on, shut up, you're not allowed to talk. Because uh, just two seconds, well, not two seconds, maybe, like, two minutes even of hearing the other side, their argument is dead, right? Whether it's on green energy or climate change or COVID or whatever, if you let the other side talk at all, they're done because they don't have science. They have authoritarianism, and that is it. The people who don't know what a penis and vagina are, you know, trying to tell you how the climate works or our specifics about a virus, they can't. You know, the NIH did fund Echo Health that funded Wuhan that tinkered around on viruses, coronavirus viruses specifically, and it got out of that lab. That is a man-made and all the only argument is was it accidental or on purpose that it happened that is not an argument it happened that did not come out of nature or somebody eating a bat at a wet market it came out of the Wuhan lab designed gain of function which we used to call weaponization right and now you're finding more bio labs in Ukraine they're covering that up too and you know but they, the way they can shut you off besides just censoring all your platforms is is calling you a racist sexist homophobic xenophobic any of those little isms and i don't think there's anything worse than holocaust denial like that's got to be like the that's the most desperate one right when you just let's throw that out but if you're not a, if you have no presence online and you don't i can't do what i did today just give you like a 10 minute long explanation of all the things they know you can't do that it takes them two seconds to be like holocaust denier and you're like no i'm not um because I think someone who does deny the Holocaust or is a racist, if you said you're racist, they'd be like, uh-huh, and? Right? right? Like if someone's a communist and I'm like, you're a fucking communist, they'd be like, yeah. Because they don't think there's anything wrong with it, right? <laughs> like, right. But if someone called me a commie or a racist, I'd be pissed because I, I really don't like either ideology, right? <clears throat> but I don't think if someone is a communist that they're a horrible person. I just think they're wrong. And even if someone's a racist, they might not necessarily be a horrible person. They're just wrong on that. You know, like that is a dumb and wrong idea. And communism is too. But there are communists who are anti-war, who are against torture. They're against, uh, you know, they want to free Assange. They, they want uh, media to be have free speech. They might be good on a lot of things. They just have a really stupid economic idea of a benevolent state that's going to redistribute wealth out of the goodness of his heart. Da, 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 right? Uh, and racists, they might be anti-war. They're against refugees. They don't want this. But then they, they have this one thing where like, oh, yeah, on average, this group better than another. It doesn't make them horrible in all things. Like if you change their mind on that, fine. But you're not allowed to, if once if you racist ever in your life. Even if you completely change your mind and you're done, right? Whereas a communist, I think you could just stop being a communist and then then you're okay. Like, yeah, I used to think that. Now I don't. So there's forgiveness for that. There's no forgiveness for someone being a racist. I think there should be forgiveness for both. Like if you have a stupid idea and you change your mind, great. Okay, now you're not that. Let's move along.
but that's not how that's not the world we live in uh, our world if someone's racist you're almost forcing them to stay that way forever because they can never retract anyway so they might as well at least they have some sort of group of fellow racists if they stay there if they leave that they still won't be forgiven by the other side and then they've lost all their racist buddies too and they're alone so like not allowing forgiveness forces people to just you know double down right and i think i've seen that sometimes where i know the person knows that what i'm saying i've debunked everything but they can't leave right they got to stay the course because that that ship has sailed and then they know they'll be forgiven anyway and even i'm getting called that and i'm like well i'm the opposite of that i don't care i'm gonna tell the truth anyway same as i said in the beginning the truth is how you kill deception right but boy they're pissed off that i engage these people it's like they don't really want to get rid of racism they want a little bit of it out there so they can yeah. point to it and scream to it about that. Like Joe Biden called January 6th an insurrection of white supremacists. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it's people protesting what they sincerely thought was voter fraud. They're not white supremacists. It was not insurrection. They didn't bring weapons. They weren't trying to take over the Capitol. They're obeying the little velvet ropes and stuff. Like it was a little bit of trespassing and they all left. There's no reason to put people in jail for 16 years and things like that. And look at the double standards, Antifa and BLM burning down cities, tens of millions of dollars in damages. Nobody gets arrested. January 6th, they're hunting them down in their bedrooms. To, Were you there? And then throwing them in a cage and then calling them a white supremacist. Because if you call someone a white supremacist, no one will defend that person because they don't. Then it's like she's a witch. She looks like one. Like no one wants to defend that because then I'll get accused of being a witch. Right. And if I like, I don't think that person's a witch. I don't think that person's a white separatist or whatever. Well, then now you're that too. They know that's what happens. If you defend anybody that's been given the scarlet letter, then you have a scarlet letter. And that ostracizes these people and no one will help them. Uh, I feel bad because none of those people are white supremacists. Some of them just, some of them didn't even know they were trespassing because the police were waving them in. Right. There was FBI COINTELPRO out there breaking windows and stuff, but a lot of them just saw a crowd going in. They like, oh, we're going in here and we're going to chant USA and whatever. And then they left. And uh, just, like grandmothers and all, they're just walking around. And it's on film, like police going, come on in and standing there, standing right next to cops, you know, and they're just, you know, they're not even like arresting them or trying to or telling them to leave or anything. They're just like, okay, yep, you're in the Capitol. This is this building. This is this painting, whatever. Like, no conflict uh except for the one that shot ashley babbitt i mean some lunatic shot through the window didn't even say freeze anything just shot nothing no consequence right uh and then they made up stories about somebody being beaten by a fire extinguisher that never happened like uh but the retractions are not there there's still people believe that and ashley babbitt's a good point because uh i know people who um Think that there was no Ashley Babbitt, that like she was a phantom and she didn't oh, really get shot. And That's it's the all like stuff. make believe stuff. It's all crisis actors. <laughs> crisis actors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, trying to say that's kind of that's deflecting a, from the huge point here. It's a blood capsule. It's a blood capsule right. for sure. Yeah. Vegas shooting. <laughs> like yeah. she was a real person. She was murdered. She was unarmed. All she had was a Trump flag. Uh, came all the way from California, you know, and these kooks and a lot of the people that are doing that some are COINTELPRO a lot of them have been gaslit because the media has lied to them about so many things 
that they don't know what to believe. So they gravitate to these QAnon or whatever because they don't they don't either ha either have the time or the ability or both to figure it out. So they trust somebody, and they can't trust their TV. They know that much because they've been lied to so many times. And so a group will come out and go, hey, do you know uh, the TV's lying about ABC? And they go, yeah, 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 I agree with that. And then, then they insert their own deception, right? And go, right. this is the thing. This 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 was whole staged or whatever, you know? And just like the virus deniers, right? Like you can't pin Dr. Fauci for doing gain of function on uh, research on a virus if you don't believe in viruses, right? You can't trace back the money trail on 9-11 to the hijackers from the CIA if you don't think there's hijackers or you don't even think there's planes, right? And so making her death fake or whatever just gets all this energy barking up the wrong tree. And then it makes my job a million times harder because if I start talking about January 6th, like, oh, yeah, you one of these death deniers of uh, right. Babbitt or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. And um, it's so funny. Like, that's... <laughs> Denial seems to be their thing, right? Like, well, if you don't say what exactly what the government narrative is, then you just denied the whole event. You're a nine eleven denier. You're a Holocaust denier. You're a school shooting denier. You're a can that's a thing too. They're every time there's a mass shooting, they're like crisis actors, you fake. Blah, blah, blah. No, no. Now there have been crisis actors on other things. For example, the Saddam statue toppling. That was not an organic uh, event of jubilant Iraqis tearing down the statue. That was Ahmed Shalabi and his goons pulling down the statue with help from the U.S. military who had blocked off all other entries to the park. That event was staged. So it, it they do stuff like that sometimes. But that's not what happened. Not like Sandy Hook or something. Like all those kids are dead. That happened. It is exactly what they said it was. Uh, and, you know, <clears throat> yelling to yelling fake stage whatever an hour after something happens you know that's a red flag because there hasn't even been time to to sift through it mm -hmm. when the buka massacre happened I, I thought okay these people are dead some are moving around a little bit but that is that just means that person died recently he can still move his hands around and then you know it took some time there's a mexican journalist there that saw the bodies there's film from the Boatsman group itself, where some idiot says, hey, they're not wearing blue armbands. Can I shoot them? He said, yes. Right. The New York Times came out with satellite photos and said, all these bodies have been there when the Russians were there. But that doesn't make sense because if they had been there that many days, they'd be all bloated and putrid and, you know, gross. They'd, they'd been killed on April 1st. And then we have orders from Ukraine saying we're going to go on a cleansing operation and send the safari group down there. They were ethnically cleansing what they consider to be Russian collaborators, meaning anybody that traded dairy products for dry goods, you know, and wore a white armband and, and didn't want to fight, which, you know, even if you were a Ukrainian nationalist, if the Russian army's there, you're like, yeah, yeah, I love Russia. Like, wouldn't you? <laughs> you just say whatever you got to say, right? Well, they went around and killed them anyway. Uh, and then blamed, and the whole entirety of television blamed it on Russia with no forensic evidence, no no coroner's reports, nobody looked at it. It was just a video from Ukraine and they, you know, Ministry of Truth. Joe Biden said Putin's a war criminal, and I'm thinking, 
Joseph Biden better be careful slinging that word around because you could have a long list of all the wars he supported where war crimes were committed. Abu Ghraib on up, you know. And it turns out it was Ukraine. So are we going to call them war criminals? Are we going to say the Bozeman group committed a war crime? Because they did. Nope. Are you going to say that about the Israelis the same day shooting Palestinians in the knees, killed a 14-year-old boy unarmed? Is that a war crime? No. Right? Uh, and I'm sure if you looked in at whatever the HDS had done in Syria, they, they, it's all war crimes. No, that, that's, that term is reserved for whenever we don't do it. Right. That's when they blame it on someone else. It turned out Russia didn't do that. Could they have done that? They could have, uh, but they didn't. That was on as all the evidence shows that was Ukraine. And if it had been Russia, I'd say so. But it wasn't. And you shouldn't say anything until you've had time to go through all the evidence. And that's what happens. Anytime there's a shooting or whatever, there's a camp. Right. So they they're trying to take our guns. This is all fake. That's that one camp will do that. Another one will, will, everyone's got their little niche issue and they don't sit there and take the time to look at it. Right. right. Yeah. And, uh, that's another problem with social media. They allow all the kook stuff to disseminate, but rational thoughts will get tagged as disinfo and taken down. Like all these doctors for that have gone in against the narrative on COVID-19 and the branch of idiots ban. Dr. Malone, ban. Doc, you know, RFK Jr., ban. Kicked off Instagram. Ban, ban, ban. But someone that wants to go out rather than being terror in theory, virus denial, well, they allow that. Because mm -hmm. that's that's the one they want. That's the, uh, as uh, Nietzsche said, nothing hurts you, your argument more than an idiot arguing on your behalf. Right. <laughs> he said it more eloquently, but <laughs> that's... And that's, I, I always think, what's going to wake people up to the fact they are being lied to about everything? You know, I, so for example, I, I'm writing the series now and I'm trying to speak to people who were totally in the know on COVID stuff. You know, they're they're pro-Southern without apology. You know, they're against critical race theory. Oh, let's talk about Lincoln. Stinking Lincoln, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, you know, they were so good on all these things that the scales have come off their eyes, but they've decided that they're going to have their Ukraine flag emoji and that Putin yeah. is, you know, the Antichrist. And I'm just like, uh, how did how it's all the same thing to me and i like that you brought up stinking lincoln because it is all the same thing it it, we're only a few days off from the anniversary you know of his of john wilkes booth killing that demon you know yeah. he wore a top hat to hide his horns um <laughs> that's why he needed to use a silver bullet we used to joke uh, <laughs> that's, like why it's, it. that's why it took him a day to die i hope he suffered the whole time but yeah, Stinky Lincoln, he's he's like Saint Lincoln, right? Just like Saint Fauci or Saint Zelensky. Mm -hmm. Doctor Fauci tortured dogs and created a virus that has killed millions. He's a monster. Uh, Zelensky arrested his opposition group, shut down the media, and killed fourteen thousand people. Him, not him alone, but Poroshenko, consecutive presidents, murdered people in Donbass. He's a monster. Lincoln's worse than both of them combined. But they think their story is Lincoln was just an abolitionist who freed the slaves and <laughs> like, and I just oh wow I want to headbutt a brick wall every time I hear that I'm like oh wow wow that's what you think <laughs> amazing but you have a battle flag back there maybe yeah, that's one. why YouTube hates you so much 
I didn't have that on screen till uh, I brought it out when the Dylan Roof crap happened because they were like, this idiot racist murdered some people in South Carolina. And then like somewhere on his Facebook, there's a Confederate battle flag. I'm like, uh-huh. And a Gold's Gym. And he liked chocolate and a lot of things. That's The things don't relate because there's tens of millions of people in the South with battle flags that did not go and murder people in South Carolina the way he did. That guy's a racist idiot. And maybe maybe he's bought into their own propaganda that the battle flag is a racist symbol because there are morons that will, you know, put that right next to neo-Nazi flags, which is mind-boggling. Like it, the Confederate States of America that didn't even like the federal government that the US had was thinking Lincoln marrying corporation and state and they seceded versus national socialists who are socialists of a foreign country you're going to wave around a flag of a foreign state full of socialists who are authoritarians acting just like Lincoln and the confederate battle flag at the same time that are also you know a hundred years apart almost a little bit less than that 85 years apart it doesn't make any sense like the how could you have a swastika with a confederate flag the civil wars before world war ii even happened and there's zero overlap national socialists were mad about the annexation of german land after world war one and, and it murdered all the non-aryan whatever whatever southern states were the ones the south is poland in this scenario they got attacked they didn't attack the north the north attacked the south the north is germany they're the Nazis. Like, if you're gonna make yeah. a parallel, like Lincoln's the one that sent revenue cutters and warships down to Charleston. That's what started before Fort Sumter. They were firing on Southern uh, naval ships. They fired on the Nashville, for example, and they're trying to illegally collect a tax on South Carolina. And he had arrested people in Maryland, and there was a uh, shootout there, as you know. I'm just telling the audience, you know, like, um, and it wasn't about slavery. The North had slaves. Kentucky had slaves. Delaware had slaves. Washington, D.C. had slaves. They didn't have a problem with secession in West Virginia, which also had slaves. And Maryland had slaves. And New Jersey had slaves. And California had slaves. And California and Kentucky and Delaware and New Jersey kept their slaves way after the Civil War. Now, California did outlaw it on paper, but that it was never enforced. They still had Chinese and black slaves and native slaves up until the 1890s. Uh, working on the railroads and so on. And then in the Union, in the states that didn't have slaves, did have slaves because they were putting people on script pay where you could only spend your money at the company store, that kind of stuff, where a lot of blacks and Irish and you know ended up working on that system. That lasted until the 1920s, way after the Civil War, all the way to the Blair Mountain Rebellion and Colorado coal strikes and things, things no one knows about. They don't want to teach you that people were paid in script. You know, <laughs> they were, and you know, they the Northerners killed a million blacks. They killed more blacks than they did Confederate soldiers, and they put them in contraband camps and worked them to death, as they needed the cotton for their tents and things. And uh, and then the other new thing in the North is they had black male suffrage, not female, but only black male suffrage, only in Southern states. Many northern states rejected it, would not accept it till 1869 or more. But that's what they did is they said, okay, like what New York did, for example, they said, oh, black men can vote, but only if they own property. It's like almost none of them did. So that was a way of the, it's legal, but it didn't really. And the other thing they did, like Wisconsin and places like this, is they just threw them in jail. 
So you look at all the freedmen and blacks going up north. How come they didn't all flood the north? Because they ended up in jail for the slightest infraction or even accusation. You went to jail. And what they do in jail? Free labor, a.k.a. slavery again. Uh, it took way. It was slavery wasn't really abolished till way after the Civil War. And it it's not a real clear cut line of when it ends because it sort of phases out into script pay and wage slavery and da, 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 da. then they move to offshore slavery. I mean, what is a sweatshop in China or Brazil? It's slavery. Oh, you pay him a dollar a day or whatever. That's slavery. Still slavery. Anyway, this narrative, uh, the South was fighting because the South got attacked. North Carolina and Virginia, which were the two largest southern states, didn't secede until after Lincoln attacked South Carolina. And if you didn't have Virginia, there is no civil war. Because that was the largest southern state by far. Because Florida and Texas are huge today, but Florida had fewer people than New Orleans, just that city. About 100,000, the whole state, excluding the natives who were not, who were not partaking in that war. Uh, yeah, I mean, he screwed up. And if without Virginia, there's no Robert E. Lee, there's no Stonewall Jackson, there's no Jeb Stewart. There's like the bulk of the generals, the most successful, everything in the south of Virginia. And if Lincoln had not blockaded his own states just to collect more taxes for the banks in Boston and Philly, then it wouldn't have happened. He, he's the worst U.S. president ever. But I can say he was never my president because North Carolina seceded before Lincoln was in office and did not join the Union till after Lincoln was dead. So he was never president of North Carolina. Johnson was still you, fighting. <laughs> do you think, uh, you know, to me, I, I had a friend the other day say, oh, well, you just think America can't do anything right. And I'm like, well, since 1861, I don't know. <laughs> we did a lot of things think- right up until stinking Lincoln. I mean, he, that's the guy that created the income tax. He married corporation and state with the railroads, the steel foundries. But the most important thing he did is he closed down over 300 newspapers and he basically mm-hmm. made state media. And with state media is what allowed them to lie about everything else and yeah. start the Spanish-American War and World War One and on to now. Right. has been the lie, 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 lie. Yep. To save people, right? You know, we're going around the world saving people. They had to. Well, they stole all that territory. Created from Native Americans to pay for the Civil War. Because yeah. Lincoln's greenbacks were worth only 35 cents by 1865, and he sold war bonds that Grant had the South repaying gold, which the South still didn't even have. So how they, there's intrinsic value in land. And they took this Indian land, and it's Indian land, as he lived there ex- almost exclusively. They went and forcibly took that from Comanchuria, Lakota, the Sioux, and just made new states. And in each new state, they got two more Republican senators. Right. And in all 12 new states were uh, Republican senators. I heard you say once that it was your concern for voiceless people, such as the Native Americans and the Palestinians, that kind of got you in. Yeah. I involved actually, in politics. I had a little did, magazine. Did South? Yeah, I had the voice of the voiceless. I did do an I did an article on Reconstruction because pe- that was fifty five years. It wasn't done in eighteen seventy seven. Like Reconstruction continued on and on. Uh, they were still paying Northern pensions in two thousand sixteen. Only government 
Hindu, and they're, they're all dead, obviously. Let's <laughs> do that. 2016. Not even 1916. 2016 is still paying off more than pension thing. Uh, but yeah, I did the first Voices of the Voiceless was on Egypt because there's uh, they're always on the line of barely having enough grain, barely having enough food, people living on very low income on the lower tier in Egypt's very have have not, right? And which ended up leading to consecutive rebellions of the revolutions in Egypt, right? When when Mubarak was out and then you had CC and Morsi and da, da, da. Uh, I was ahead of the curve on that. I wrote about Palestinians. I wrote about Yemen. I wrote things um, in Indonesia and Native Americans and anybody I felt like never got a shot, right? And that included Don Boss. <laughs> and a guy who's really good on that is Jonathan Pilger. He's better at it than I am by far. But I was just doing that in college thinking, well, you know, this will be on record. I want them to know someone knows and is aware, but there's nothing can do about it. Because at the time, YouTube didn't exist. Facebook didn't. All the things I got banned on d didn't exist. Now, people complain. You can complain about censorship, da-da-da-da. But I'm like, yeah, but without the free market, you wouldn't even have things to get banned on in the first place. Because it was worse before. It was television and that's it. <laughs> right? So it's not easy to get on the news. The fact that there were things I could temporarily be on that I got kicked off of is still a step forward because there was, it did have an impact. Uh, and now we're seeing the next phase the free markets hitting them again. Okay, you're going to censor Facebook, we're going to make VK. You're going to censor YouTube, we're going to make Rumble and Odyssey and BitChute. You're going to censor Twitter, we're going to have Gab, Getter, Telegram, and you know. It's not a perfect solution, but markets are the only real solution because the government's not going to come down and do antitrust laws or mess around with Section 230. It's not going to happen. The only thing that's going to save you is competition or hostile takeover. And hostile takeover is very unlikely. You need a billionaire like Elon Musk to come in and do it. And they'll poison pill and fight him on every tooth and nail, you know. But I feel like... Uh, I hope that works, but I have a lot more eggs in the basket of just using alternative things. Yeah. Right? Just put your stuff on Odyssey and get in the habit of using Odyssey instead of YouTube or BitChute or whatever. And I like Gab. It doesn't have the eyeballs Twitter has, but you know, Telegram has been good for us. The only way I can even find news on Ukraine that isn't full of malarkey is through Telegram and VK because they banned RT. They ban Sputnik, right? They'll ban any any analyst, any individual from, you know, the gray zone to, which is sort of left-leaning, uh, to like anti-neocons and anything in between. Gone, gone, gone to like Scott Ritter, who's more of a Republican uh, or I would say right-leaning, whatever. Ban him too. They don't care. Escobar's on the left. He's banned. Ritter's on the right. He's banned because they both told the truth about Ukraine, right? That Tim Anderson banned. He's on VK, but the, <laughs> none of us are allowed on Facebook or InstaFace or whatever. Facebook's probably the worst. Uh, YouTube is really bad and Twitter is really bad, but there are a few left. Coach Red Pill was there until he wasn't, right? There's um, yeah. Six Hex and Hammer still on YouTube. Maybe 
some of the comedians like Jimmy Dore and Dave Smith, whatever, but they're, they're like good, but not great. Cause that's not their lane. Their lane is comedy, right? Mostly, mm-hmm. even though they know a lot about politics, but that they don't know as much as Scott Ritter knows. You know what I mean? Like that right. he's, or, or that I know even like that. We're more of a threat on that. And I'm not good at comedy. I could tell a joke or two, but <laughs> I'd be, I'd be broke. <laughs> and it's fine to stay in your lane or whatever. And, and, and but I think they're going to get banned too. Yeah. I think they're close. They're close to getting kicked too. And I think a little bit, maybe Jimmy Dore at least has had some things demonetized with a little bit of censorship, but I don't know. Maybe Dave Smith has too. I don't know. But uh, Joe Rogan's another one. Like he's, he, they, cause they went after him, man. They're like, you said the N word. Like he, he wasn't calling anybody that he was quoting Richard Pryor or something. And it was like 12 years ago. And this wasn't so edgy or whatever, but he's not racist at all. And everybody knows that, but they wanted to, you know, anchor that on him. And that's because he allowed people on his show that went against the COVID narrative. Right. And he's a comedian. He's a comedian that knows politics some, but he doesn't know politics like Max Blumenthal. All right. Yep. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's not a, <clears throat> it's not a slight at all. You can't be a jack of all trades, but he knows a lot. And so they got rid of him as much as they could. They tried to cancel his Spotify. He was too big to fail, but they have really, uh, what would you say? They, it's like being accused of rape. Even if you get acquitted, you're still dirty. Mm-hmm. And being called a racist is like, even if you, if it's a hundred percent false, you don't come out of that clean, right? Your reputation has been hurt. It is defamation to say that about someone when it's not true. And they Do did that. Do you think the whole they're doing it to Elon? Southern... Right? Yeah, they're doing no, it to Elon. They called Elon Musk a racist on MSNBC. Elon yeah. Musk. Because he's he's from South Africa, and South Africa used to have an apartheid, so therefore, right. you know. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, being anti-Southern, they don't care. You Every Hollywood film that's right. just like, y'all are a bunch of uh, cousin fucking racist, backward, uneducated, da-da-da-da-da. The Southern accent is just equated with stupidity because of Hollywood. A lot of Southerners who have that accent, because not everyone in the South does, it's different areas of different things, but... They um, lose it by adulthood because if they maintain it, people won't take them seriously, even though they're saying the exact same thing as they're saying without the accent. People just right. hear it and, oh. And that's prejudice, but that it's an acceptable prejudice. It's what prejudice that has no social stigma, and it ought to. Yeah. If I hear somebody with a thick Boston accent, I don't automatically think that they're a greedy, money-grubbing, lying pedophile. <laughs> Because not all of them are. No. <laughs> it's a good bet. No, I'm just <laughs> No, come um, on. <laughs> do you think the uh, the anti-Southern narrative, you know, I think it was created because it wasn't always in existence over the 20th century, you know, and to be Southern used to be cool with the Dukes of Hazzard and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. But do you think they really created it? They as in the Yankee Empire, the neocons, whoever, uh, the media elite because it would be so easy to have people not want to be that. So, okay, you don't want to be a racist, so you don't want to be like them. You don't want to 
be a white supremacist like those horrible southern people you that know, was the this. weapon they use and i i remember uh like i'm from a tourist spot from an island we all yankee visitors and they're like y'all are really nice i'm like yeah it's normal but in their head they thought we'd be like pointing a gun at him be like get off my land or something <laughs> you know? right. he's like nobody here is racist they're like yeah that's normal uh but in their mind that's what they thought they're like do you hate black people or no what do you... i play basketball <laughs> this is most of our team is black whatever like it, it's not a thing it's not even we don't even think about it but to the liberal races in the is on the background program of their mind all day long. Like they see everything about race, 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 race. And it's hard to like, not them all like, but a lot of Northern people would bring that up out of the blue, something about race. And it was weird because that doesn't yeah. come up in conversation at all ever among Southerners, whatever, but they've, they're still living in the 1850s or something, you know, in their head. Yeah. And that's their image of the South. No, uh, I mean, there are races somewhere, I'm sure, but that's, it's really super rare. If anything, I think the U.S. is militantly anti-racist in every state. It's uh, like the worst thing you could possibly be. Uh, but that's their image of the South from movies like Deliverance and Forrest Gump and stuff yeah. that we're just a bunch of simpletons, you know. So but the remember, South had the ten richest states oh. up until up until the Civil War or the, Nor or the War of Northern Aggression, which we should really call it. But right. all of our intellectuals, most of our presidents, that you know, the Bill of Rights that you like, the Constitution that you write that you love, like this, all comes from Virginians. All comes from Southerners. Who killed the bank? Jackson from North Carolina. Who killed the bank before that? Jefferson from Virginia. Uh, who who gave us civil rights? Johnson from Texas. Like all of our social um, positives have come from Southern presidents, but they would don't. Would you say? Would you say neocons are just Yankees writ large, uh, and globalism is just the Yankee Empire on a planetary scale? Well, the Yankees, like even Lincoln, was reluctant to attack until he started getting pressure from northern banks these bankers uh you can go all the way back because lincoln was a, a huge advocate of henry clay and alexander hamilton yeah. right it was hamilton's revenue cutter that he sent as the flagship to south carolina called the ss harriet right gun warship to collect revenue for import and export taxes because until lincoln there was no income tax hamilton is of that rothschild ilk of central banking jefferson was the opposite he wanted he was libertarian like he's the he's ron paul before ron paul <laughs> he was he wanted states rights he wanted maximum liberty and he didn't want the government interfering in the market he thought the government should play referee not the coach that's my phrase but that's pretty good one because it sums up jefferson's view yeah government you can have courts to settle disputes and so on but they are not to, you're not supposed to use the treasury or the government purse to favor one industry over another but that's what the yankees did and in the csa constitution the thing it's almost exactly like the constitution was anyway but they added a couple things and one was uniformity on taxes not to favor one industry over another and the other was term limits not a bad idea either um 
which is sad that you can't revisit these ideas because they're like, oh, well, this tagged evil thing said so, so you can't do that. And it's sad. I even look at even the worst regimes in history, like the fascist Nazi Germany, had some good ideas on economics that you could buy. It did work. The German miracle was real. Uh, too bad. You know, can't look at that. They had abolished, uh, they abolished minimum wage. Where in Germany didn't reinstitute it till 2017. That's why they were on top. Minimum wage hurts the poor. And people think, because intuitively you think, well, just pay people more and they'll have more money. <laughs> like, that's not what happens. And if we've seen from raising minimum wage to welfare, how many more decades of welfare not working do you want to do before you admit it doesn't work? Right? Like, Thomas Sowell has written giant books on this, on what happens when you subsidize failure, you end up with more of it. But, uh, yeah, you can't get into those ideas. But If we could fix the Civil War, that would be very helpful because that really goes back to that, that central banking empire. This, it's an oversimplification to blame it on the Rothschilds, but that because that's not how things work anymore. It's no, no guy just owns a bank. They're owned by boards and it's more complex but the ideology is the same they want to make money without working they just want to loan it out and collect interest and uh that has been the gambit is a debt-based currency essentially and it comes from this yankee attitude that was the puritan society the way the north got colonized was very different from the south very different breed very different ideologies and it was inevitable that they were going to butt heads eventually the only thing that prevented it from happening immediately was distance. And as they got going, the largest southern state, Virginia, the largest northern state was Pennsylvania. Not too far apart from one another. Because uh, West Virginia was part of Virginia, so they were actually touching. And they, it was the Jeffersonians versus the Hamiltonians. And that you could replace Hamilton with the Lincolnites. And Lincoln believed in a strong central government subservient to the banks he wanted to use the government to it's fascism really because you're using the government to subsidize key industries of whoever interest groups bribes you which we call lobbying today and it's nicknamed lobbying because ulysses grant met in the hotel lobbies with so many special interest groups that they started calling him the lobbyist right but they made the government for sale and so this rent a government of crony capitalists or mercantilists, whatever you want to say, I just call them Lincolnites or Yankees, has existed uh, at least since 1865 when they took control. And the Southern model of maximum liberty and no income tax and all that, that's dead. But that Jeffersonian spirit of self-sufficiency still exists in the South, especially in the Deep South. If you see which states went against the COVID narrative, Florida, Texas, Mississippi, Tennessee, right? Because... People, A, doubt what the government's telling them because anybody that parents, grandparents lived through Reconstruction said, I don't believe you. And there is that attitude of self-sufficiency, growing your own land, questioning things, you know, doing a lot of self-education. You have school and all that, but a lot of things you learn from your parents and grandparents, you learn by doing North doesn't like that. They want total indoctrination. They want total control of your kids. They want total, and uh, and I'm not saying Northerners. I'm saying the North, like the governments in the North. Look at New York, 
three governors in a row caught filling around with women, even the blind one, right? Three in a row. That doesn't happen anywhere else, right? Uh, New Jersey education system so messed up, they make movies about it. They've got like 108 superintendents and all this. This is horrible. The mafia and white collar crime is so prevalent in New York and New Jersey that people are just like, nah, this is how it is. It's unchangeable. <laughs> well, that's, they don't do that in Orlando. They don't do that in Charleston. They don't, but the, you look at Baltimore, Detroit, Chicago, like uh, San Francisco. These are failed cities. Washington, D.C. They have tent cities within their cities of drug addicts strung out on fentanyl, meth, ketamine, whatever. Thousands of them. 100,000 of them in San Fran. It looks like the zombie apocalypse. And that's bad governance. And they just keep the same idiots, the Pelosi's, the Maxine Waters. And of course, they don't live there. They don't even live in San Fran. They live outside in a mansion somewhere with their ice cream or whatever. Uh, Gavin Newsom stayed, retained control over Los Angeles despite it quadrupling the homeless problem. Section 8, all this stuff he's done. It's just everyone hates every policy he does, but they, he's still in power. They can never get rid of him because they're so ensconced in this liberal ideology and the reason the main thing they do is agree with me or you're a racist and that works and that's what they've demonized the south with they've tried to label that hundreds of millions of people as racist which is ridiculous uh it's the most integrated and multicultural multi-ethnic part of the united states is the south there are more latinos in the south because we're next to those areas there are more blacks in the south there are more everything in the south every ethnic group is in the south the north still has segregated cities you go to new york there's a chinatown there's a little italy there's the jewish part the black part da, 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 by street that doesn't happen in the south it's integrated as much as it can be they can't do that before, mm -hmm. even before the 20th century you ask any yeah. anybody of any minority that's lived in the south and north they're like way more racism in the north I don't think either area is racist per se. I think the whole United States is against that. But where you do see it will mostly be in the north. And especially California. I mean, that, that's the most judgmental state I've ever been in. They're horrible. It's the first thing on their mind is categorizing you, right? It's weird. And it's that's why they're too. all moving. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's weird because, you know, a conservative from California would come to you know north carolina or something and just be a raging liberal but in california they're considered a conservative so right <laughs> that's all i get very scared when i'm driving down the interstate and i see california plates let's just say that um, i'm worried about yeah it. see i would <laughs> rather have i'd rather take in refugees from wherever than california <laughs> yeah, i'll yes. deal i'll deal with some based cubans because they're conservative, yeah. at least, you know, I'll, like, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, they got to learn another language and all that. That's way harder for them. But at least they're not liberal, you know, because <laughs> right. them speaking Spanish does no, no bearing on me. It's going to be hard for them to learn English. That sucks for yeah. them. But a liberal will affect my life. Right. They're the ones coming in saying men can be pregnant, stuff like that. Right. And, uh, you know, changing the school and talking about butt sex to five year olds and stuff. I don't want that. Right. Like, yeah. You bring on all whoever. I don't care where they're from, you know, 
uh, I don't care what language it is, even the cultural differences, nothing is as different as shit lives from California. Like nothing will ruin your city faster than dumb liberal ideas. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that is true. Well, what do you think? The That's the greatest of- threat to America. Really? Yeah. Like I'm not worried about refugees from Ukraine or Syria or whatever. I'm worried about Californians. <laughs> Californians will yeah. come in and ruin your city. You will have a homelessness problem, a housing crisis. You'll have all the problems they have over there because they have all their own stupid ideas and they are unwilling to listen to anybody. So they'll never change their mind. Right. What do you think the likelihood of secession happening or is it all just going to fall apart and we'll have to build from the ashes? Like, what do you think about that? Well, you know, if they steal another election, like in 2024, better be a red wave. According to all polling, all everything, they're bad on everything. Inflation, gas prices, sanctions, war. Everybody hates everything the Biden administration has done. Open borders, you know, the trans agenda, all these super tight minority positions that the whole majority of the country is adamantly against. If they somehow win through votes in the mail, you will see secession 100%. But I don't think so. I think they're going to lose and lose badly, which is good because that will prevent secession. But for states to secede, it was going to take something major like that. And what might be hilarious is it could end up going the other direction by, say, 2028, when there's another red wave where California, New York, and Illinois want to leave. And I'd say good riddance because you're not even going to make it another eight years with the uh, policies y'all got. Like, they are... They have trains getting robbed. There's so much litter around the train tracks. They have to pay people to move the trash and stuff so the train can get through. And some of them are saying, we're not even going to send trains through these cities anymore. They've got a supply line crisis because their universal basic income made people sit on their couch. And so they don't have enough longshoremen and truckers to deliver the goods. They're there. You can't blame China or whatever. And I can talk bad on China, but they have sent... The ships are sitting out there. They made it all the way across the Atlantic. They can't get from San Francisco Bay to San Francisco because nobody to unload it, physically go and pick up boxes and put them on trucks and deliver them where they want to go because nobody's working. Right. Because they gave them COVID cash. I'm like, yeah, if you pay people to do nothing, they'll do nothing. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> And then that causes shortages and price hikes and everything else. You're like, why? We gave them money. I'm like, yeah. you Money has to be tied to labor or it doesn't work, dummy. <laughs> you know, <it> has no- <laughs> and isn't that ironic? You know, the, the American system needed the trains and, you know, Lincoln was going to, like, make those trains happen and, you know, taking the land and, you know, stealing it from Southerners and Native Americans and all these people to make the trains to build those tracks and now they can't even run. I know they can't even get a track from one city to another within the same state. <laughs> pretty ironic. Wow. That is sick. And they brought in all these slaves from China so much so that they have a Chinatown in San Francisco to force these people to build the roads build up, up to the mountain area at least. And now uh, they can't even buy products from China <laughs> because their rails no longer work because their own citizens are robbing the trains and if the police arrest them it doesn't matter because they won't the DA just let them out of jail the same day because right. equity or something you know and like okay you know 
your your identity politics is destroying your city. Yeah. You're being destroyed and it's your own fault. And anybody that keeps voting these idiots in, I'm like, okay. You know, that's like throwing money into the fireplace and thinking ice cream will pop out. Do you ever get accused of identity politics for being pro-Southern or, you know, so for example, you know, a lot of libertarians will tell me or just, you know, paleocons or something, oh, get over the whole war, get over the battle flag, you know, that's just ancient history. When to me, it's all the same thing and it's never actually been more pressing than it is now. But do people give you grief about that or they, you know. Well, I don't have a battle flag like I'm marching into Pennsylvania shooting people or something like the battle flag today is a symbol of the biggest fuck you the federal government ever faced, yeah. right? That is a rebel flag, and it stands for rebellion against this form of government. It's not anti-American. The A in CSA is America, the Confederate States of America. We're the original America. We're the older colonies. The Yankees came second, okay? Uh, they're, they are the takeover, like we're Taiwan or whatever. <laughs> it's Taiwan, East Taiwan. There is no China. But you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it's not identity politics. Southerner, yeah, I'm from I'm from an island anyway. But like, I don't like the South just because I'm from the South. If I was from the North, I'd still like the South because I agree with the Jeffersonian ideology, and that is an ideology, not based on ideas, not on biology. Identity politics is based on biology. You're a woman, you're a man, you're a black, you're a gay, whatever. Right? I guess you could argue about gay, but I assume it's biological. Um, but, uh, and you can change that. And I, I'm in Japan. I still retain the Southern Jeffersonian libertarian spirit wherever I'm from. I just happen to have been born in the South. But that wouldn't matter. That would still be my ideas. Like, I'm not Palestinian. I'm still pro-Palestine, right? I'm not a lot of things, and my ideas are consistent wherever they are. I support liberty, including the entirety of the United States, but especially the South, because the South one's getting kicked around. You know, and it's right. like I, I would be pro-native issues even if I didn't have a drop of native blood, because it's the correct thing to do. Like, you know, <laughs> same reason, uh, you know, I didn't want to war in Iraq. I'm not Iraqi. I'm not Arab. I'm not Muslim. Doesn't matter. They got attacked, mm-hmm. and it was based on lies by Yankees. That'll, yep, <laughs> yeah. that'll lead me to my last question because I know we've been at this a while. But uh, the whole Russia-Ukraine thing—you uh, were one of the first people, I think, that you had written a, a, a blog for Substack, and it said, uh, "You know, fuck it, one struggle." And then you had uh, Dixie being sung in Russian. Yeah. And, <laughs> You know, you were kind of making the parallel. I've written a couple things about that because I see it as an absolute parallel. Well, their flag, the Donbass yeah. flag, is a Confederate <laughs> battle flag minus the stars. Minus the stars, yeah. They, they understood. And they sent me that. I have friends in Ukraine, in East and West Ukraine, and they decided to sing Dixie in Russian. And I thought awesome. that was beautiful. And they that made that. It was, and they made that, some of them were, they made that flag. I had no, that was coincidence. I had nothing to do with that, but I just thought, wow, you guys get it. (laughs) They want to secede and they've realized, well, the opposite, the main opposition is going to be the United States. We can get almost half of them on our side like this, if they see this. Because when I saw that, I was like, you know, yeah, man, I almost want to get a Donbass flag too. (laughs) Because they've been attacked for eight years straight. 14,000 deaths and yeah they fought back too but really they didn't 
Ukraine already had a military, an air force, a navy, an army. Donbass is like civilian militias and things, right? They, they're fighting back. Just like this Confederate Navy. The Confederate Navy didn't have a navy. They had to turn merchant marine ships into warships. They bought a couple from Britain, the Florida and Alabama, I believe, but they didn't really didn't have any blockade runners or anything. They had to build them as they're being attacked, right? The North inherited the Northern Navy, so... Yeah, and uh, yeah, they had they've been fighting for eight years for independence. They had banned their Russian language. They had, uh, you know, just abused these people based on prejudice. Oh, you speak Russian. They're collectively blaming people for what Stalin did, right? Yeah. Well, Russians suffered under Stalin too. Everybody suffered from communism, and that wasn't a product of his genetics or his Russianness. It's a, it's a government did that yeah. same with slavery that wasn't a product of whiteness that was a specific policy by western europe they enslaved right. the irish too they enslaved each other first and so did africans so did everybody really but it wasn't a race thing it was a government thing and that's who ended it too i mean it <laughs> oh yeah, man blame yeah, it i always want to i want to say you know how is it, you know, the Soviet Union hurt a lot of people, just like you were saying. Mm -hmm. And how can people, you know, blame all of Russians for Stalin when he was from the Republic of Georgia, too? So I'm just oh, like, that's a fair point strange. as well. He wasn't even Russian Russian. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, and also um, Khrushchev was from Ukraine. That, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So history matters, which is one of the reasons I really like your stuff. You have a. a uh, a degree in history from William and Mary. Is that correct? That's right. Yep. Great, great college. Or it was at least when I was there. I ho I hope they haven't gone woke. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not sure. I'm a Richmond native. Um, I hear, and I had a niece who went to William and Mary. Uh, I think they're tinkering around with some woke things, but I'm not sure if it's totally fallen off the cliff yet. <laughs> But, uh, Richmond is a lot more blue than Williamsburg. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Richmond. It's depressing. It's very depressing and sad. I don't even like going back there anymore. But mm -hmm. I have to go to see my family. But it is what it is. Um, I like Harrisonburg and Elkton and that sort of western part of Virginia is much more based. Because yeah. I used western to live in Virginia. Charlottesville. That was super blue. <laughs> yeah. But. But yeah. even, even, you know, I had friends who went to UVA and I'd go up and visit them. This was probably early 90s. And they called uh, Thomas Jefferson Mr. Jefferson. And, you know, they didn't want to tear down his monuments or anything. I mean, they were just liberals partying and having a good time and, you know, trying to get Well, we, used to, we had like normal liberals, <laughs> right? Like yeah, it used to be normal. all Republican, liberal, whatever. Everybody likes Thomas Jefferson. Like that's. Right. I mean, come on. That's the Bill of Rights. Louisiana Purchase. He did a lot of good things. He outlawed the transatlantic slave trade. He prevented slavery from expanding in the West. He nearly ended slavery in Virginia in the Virginia Constitution. He was outvoted by two votes. You know, he, he had slaves that he inherited from his family. But you can't just free them without the law supporting you because where are they going to go? There's still slavery in the North, too. Like, where, okay, you're free, and you step one foot off my property, and you're captured again. You know what I mean? He yeah. tried to end that institution, and he did end the transatlantic slave trade, and he did end Western expansion. And he did he did not think he had the right to end it everywhere, but he was governor of Virginia, too, and he tried to end it in Virginia. And he barely, he almost got that done as well. He's a great man. He, uh, I mean, you want to talk about an American 
that furthered American interests, that's TJ, right? Not perfect, had his flaws, open to criticism and stuff, but man, he's definitely a net positive, you know, for, for sure. Yeah. And, and you can do that with anybody. But like Socrates is a net positive, although he probably liked little boys. And Einstein wanted to have sex with his cousin and, you know, whatever. Like everybody's got a something. <laughs> it seems like <laughs> Martin Luther King cheated on his wife, plagiarized some stuff. I still like his message. You know what I mean? Like even the Unabomber. Horrible. He's a mass murderer. His manifesto is still based. <laughs> yeah. And you're you're an anti-war uh, advocate. Uh, but I'm against not, stupid wars, which is 99 percent right. of them. Right. right. And a, a lot of people give me grief, you know, and say, well, if you're anti-war, how come you're not totally pro-Ukraine? I'm like, because Russia didn't start the war. It's been going on a long time. You know, yep. well, how could you be for, you know, the Confederate States of America having an army because they were repelling invaders? They're I mean, the ones that got attacked the same way as our yeah. sport crazy horse. Custer attacked the Lakota. The Native Americans did not invade New York. Y'all went to Montana, went to these states or states to be and attacked them where they live. Like you went to Little Bighorn, you went to Wounded Knee and attacked them and you lost. Uh, so I'm against that war from the perspective of America invading the natives, but I'm I support the war on the native side. You have every right to defend yourself. Right. So do Palestinians. So does Hezbollah. So they're like, yeah, so does Syria. Like, Syria has the right to fight Al-Qaeda. I don't want Al-Qaeda. I don't want another Libya. I don't want Al-Qaeda in charge of a country, right? I'm against the war happening, but once it's already started, well, there is a, you know, there is a side that's you know better than the other side that you want to win in the outcome. That's just pragmatism. Like the war in Ukraine is already is it's happening. Too late to say, well, I wish we didn't have war. Yes, I wish we did have a war, but I want Russia to win that war because I don't want bioweapons labs and neo Nazis and stuff running the uh, country. Uh, if I have to pick one, and I do have to pick one, I'd much rather the Russians control that territory and protect those people than Ukraine going. To, if Ukraine wins this, they will ethnically cleanse Donbass of Russians. You'll have neo Nazis in charge. And it's just they're part of that whole global order of expansion right. of NATO. NATO is the one that attacked Libya. NATO broke up Yugoslavia and bombed Belgrade. NATO has been slaughtering people, Russia has not. They had a civil war with Chechnya, which was also backed by the CIA. We all know this twice. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you had said nuance earlier. I think you were talking about that word, and that's so much of why history is important because it's not just good guy, bad guy. You have to look at all the ancillary pieces of it all, and I think the, the whole neo-Nazi thing is interesting because I think it's making some... Really thoughtful people take a closer look at World War II, for example. You know, oh, there were some people who were Nazis because they hated communism and they wanted to repel communism. Mm -hmm. Wow, they weren't just like Jew hating freak shows, you know, <laughs> it was like they saw communism as a huge threat. So, I. It was a huge threat. And yeah. there, were, there were people in the German military who were not national socialists. And there were people who joined the military because pieces of German land where German speaking people lived 
were given to Poland and France, and they thought that was wrong. And you know what? The Treaty of Versailles was wrong. We should not have annexed territory. That's why we came up with this Geneva Conventions later to say we don't annex territory in war. Of course, the Israelis ignored that. But there were a lot of legitimate grievances that Hitler could point to 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 galvanize his position and then he adds on to f the jews or whatever but like right. a lot of the people like himmler definitely was like that total anti-semite got it but a lot of people that were fighting on the german side were fighting because that's where they're from and if they lost they were going to be destroyed and communism was a real threat and had already you already had holdemore in ukraine eight to eleven million people starved to death from these policies they did not want that porn into germany and i don't blame them yeah. Um, but it don't matter. It doesn't matter. They'll be labeled. Well, your only possible motivation is because you're a, you're a Jew hating Nazi, whatever. And there were racists in the civil war that wanted slaves and whatever. I'm sure, uh, on both sides, actually, there were abolitionists that hated slavery, not because of the immorality of slavery, but because they didn't think blacks and whites should live together at all. <laughs> like they were so racist that slavery was too much interaction. Right. right. Uh, Southerners were dirty race mixers or whatever. Yeah, yeah, y'all living with them. Why? Why do you even bring them here? We should send them back to Africa. So, yeah, I mean, they, but both groups would be wrong. One would just be more wrong, whatever. There's all, every individual has a reason to fight you know, whatever they're doing. But the bulk of the conflict in World War II really was this fascism versus communism in the minds of most of the, those people. That's what they were going for. And Hitler also hated what he called international finance capitalism. He believed in shrinking markets theory, yada, yada, yada. It wasn't just blame the Jews or whatever. But that is the easiest thing to understand is he was racist, racism bad. And then you don't have to understand anything else that was going on. Right. And you don't have to understand. It was kind of our side's fault in World War One, where the allies did start that war and never should have ended it the way they did. The Treaty of Versailles was inevitably going to create another German uprising because you took their land away. And they were suffering. And that's, you know, it's predictable. Let's put it that way. Like you should have been able to foresee what would happen if you did that. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, any other nation would do the same thing. If you just took a bunch of Yankee states and gave them to Canada, I'd probably have a party. But uh, no, they'd, uh, you know, it would never, they would never stand for it. No way. Or if we took a piece yeah. of Canada and added it to the United States, they, they wouldn't want that at all. Yeah, and then Ukraine, you know, forcing these people that, well, they all speak Russian, but, you know, a whole bunch of people prefer Ukrainian. They don't like the Russian-speaking peoples. You have their units and different religion in the West. The East is, you know, Orthodox Christian. So it's very much a microcosm of what we have here. You know, we have this man-made border, and you force people to live together, and then you wonder why there's conflict. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like maybe we can just stop doing this sometimes this build a wall around three california cities no. <laughs> right. i think californians leave, let them. californians yeah. passports should only work inside california and they should have to be allowed entry to other states <laughs> like, yeah take a test uh, of it'd be a simple test there's a picture of a man picture of a woman 
You know, like, what is yeah. this? <laughs> Define woman. <laughs> if you yeah. can't do that, you can't come in. <laughs> Another good test would be, do you think you have an accent? Because people from California don't think Californians have an accent, but they I know. very much have a well, Californian accent. What a Californian so sound like. The whole Valley Girl accent is there. They have lots of accents. They, they, <laughs> everybody has an accent compared to somewhere else. Yeah. But they're so ethnocentric. Like, no, we're normal. All of y'all have an accent. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, that's what the British think about all of us. You right. know, <laughs> <laughs> the people who can't pronounce th or double t's. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a water. <laughs> What'd you say? Well, I'll, I was just gonna say I had so many other things to ask you about. So maybe I'll have you on again sometime. But we've been at this almost two hours. Um, well, it's all people, Lincoln's fault. That's the answer to whatever you're gonna ask. No. <laughs> there you go. All right, it's all stinking Lincoln. He really but, was the death of of this experiment of getting rid of the monarchies and having representative government. Like it all went to hell because of him. Well, you have validated my position because that's always what I tell people. It all goes back. If you don't understand 1861 to 1865, you're yep, clueless you about it. everything. I hope Albright fell on his head when she went to hell. Yeah. 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 Whew. She's a bad one. She was um, ugly. Bad. Yeah. She was almost as ugly as Mrs. Lincoln, but the all-time crown, the only woman I've ever seen in history uglier than Mrs. Lincoln was Lincoln's mother. Uh, <laughs> she looked just like Abe Lincoln without a beard. Wow. I think she had Marfander syndrome, so did he. Oh, so, my goodness. Uh, it's like the bad kind of giantism. Agromegalia yeah. is the, the quote-unquote cool kind, like what Andre the Giant had. Lincoln had the uh, the horrible kind, the sunken chest and long fingers, and he's <laughs> like yeah. a, a gross. I don't know. I don't know how he crawled out of a hole that large <laughs> and that deep. What's the <laughs> What's the anniversary for his assassination? What day is it? April fourteenth, and then he died on the fifteenth. Yeah. Oh, that was just last. Yeah. What day is it? Are we I always get a John Wilkes Booth cocktail. You did. Yeah. What's in that? Oh, this is awesome, and this is how you know you're in assimilation. John Wilk, the main ingredient in a John Wilkes Booth cocktail is Rittenhouse whiskey. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Well, I'm not awesome? a whiskey fan, but I, I might have to have one of those. You get a dark rum, like Myers or something, Rittenhouse okay. whiskey, cinnamon sticks. Because cinnamon at the time was very posh. What you, mm -hmm. Cinnamon and sugar were expensive. Uh, so like an actor could have it, whatever. Now you can just get a cinnamon stick wherever sugar is cheap too. But, um, a lot of drinks in the 1860s and 1850s that were like high society were sweet, sweet rums and sweet this because it had to come all the way from the Caribbean. It was hard to get hold of sugar. It was, you know, so your, um, like your cherry jubilee that Washington had and a lot of a lot of cherry drinks. He hit the cherry tree, right? A lot of your sweet stuff was very expensive and very like cool and posh at the time. <laughs> now we're like, that's a sugary drink, whatever, but um that's what the was all fashionable at the time. And John Wilkes Booth had a sort of spicy cinnamon drink they named in his honor. And uh currently made with Rittenhouse whiskey it has nothing to do with Kyle Rittenhouse it's the same name but it's pretty based and uh, it's got root liqueur which is sweet and Rittenhouse whiskey or dark rum and cinnamon sticks that's how you make it I got a, a calendar with menus of this all the founding fathers tended to have uh, certain drinks they liked 
and okay. uh yeah jefferson was a wine guy uh of course the adams and and washington were beer people but um they they would partake in a cocktail now and then now yeah. you sell this calendar at your uh your gear page or whatever i do it'd be kind of late to get one in uh april but really you're not buying the calendar because to know, know what day it is because you can do that on your computer anyway <laughs> you buy the calendar because it's got some very cool pictures in it for one but also it's got the sort of this day in history stuff except true <laughs> yeah, okay. so so flip into april for example i'll give you last week let's see april 4th is the day the fbi killed martin luther king i just say it like that April fifth, uh, cast out evil. That was the uh, throwing beans down. It's Japanese holiday. Kamala Harris, or some other witch, you can throw them there. You have uh, the tenth is the day the CIA lied about aluminum tubes. The twelfth was the attack on Fort Sumter. Um, Thomas Jefferson's birthday was the thirteenth, so you could have three glasses of wine. The fourteenth, Lincoln gets shot. The Ponzi scheme, Bernard Madoff, died. Uh, the next day, Lincoln dies of COVID. <laughs> Ehud Omar also went to prison so an Israeli prime minister went to jail on the same day that Lincoln died it's pretty based so you probably have a party with the pink moon which is uh, every full moon Native Americans have names for each moon so that was the pink moon in April 17th the day Virginia seceded from the Union so you can have an Appalachian Manhattan and it was also Easter so the secession of Virginia and Easter landed on the same day this year Let's see, let's see, today is the 19th in Japan, so that is the day the Revolutionary War began. Yep. And then we have, uh, tomorrow is General Hoke's birthday, or uh, General Hoke liberated Plymouth on that day in 1865. It's the same day as the Colorado coal strike that I mentioned earlier. So a lot of American history, a lot of Civil War stuff too, is in this calendar. Well, like, what's the picture for April? What is it? You just picked something a special? April. Can you see my camera? Or no? Let's see. Yeah, I, I can see you, but I don't it's, see the Oh, calendar. the quote is, people cannot enjoy velocity, only acceleration. We have a, a girl with their oh, Easter costume. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see the ears there? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, if I buy that calendar for my kids, they just get to look at the other page. Well, you, you just flip it like this. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's fine. Uh, there's no nudity or anything, but it is. There are bathing suits and like, okay. like lingerie or whatever. So, but yeah, you can get. Uh, uh, next year, I'm gonna do two versions, I think, because I have the girls. Because from a capitalist point of view, men are buying my calendar. That's there. More guys are into history and politics, and they're sure. into women. So I use women, but I do have a lot of female fans. And or, you know, people want to share with kids, let's say. So I'm going to do one that'll just have like Confederate generals each month or something like that. And then or, you know, I don't know, founding father or something. I'm going to think about it, but I'm going to have two versions. That is a real pain for me, male wise. But uh, I'm going to hire somebody and we'll sort it out because mailing from Japan sucks. So I have to get people in the U.S. to do it. I don't yeah. mind doing the work, but I got to rely on somebody. So I'm like, they got this calendar A, they got calendar B. We're going to have to do it like that. But next year we will be doing that. And it won't be so bad because all the days and stuff will be the same. Yeah. Now, every time a neocon dies or something, we add that to the calendar. So when Sheldon Adison died, we put it on the calendar. When right. when uh, Sumner Redstone died, that went on the calendar, right? Donald Rumsfeld died, that went on the calendar. And 
there have been a few that have kicked the bucket this year so we'll have to add all those but um the info should be the same the pictures will be different uh we have quotes each one i love last month's quote was lord acton so if you have two calendars you have what general lee wrote about the um imperialism abroad and deputism at home and then lord acton responded I saw in states' rights the only availing check upon absolutism of the sovereign will, and secession filled me with hope, not as destruction, but as redemption of democracy. The institutions of a republic have not exercised on the old world salutary deliberating influence which ought to have belonged to them by reason of those deficits and abuses of principle which Confederate Constitution expressly and wisely calculated to remedy, Lord Acton. And that is a response, you already know this, to... Lee's letter but it's funny because uh, it's spread out over two calendars of them going back and forth with each other we got James Madison next month we we actually have uh, a Lincoln quote too uh, it's uh, him being a horrible racist though but <laughs> it's like <laughs> we got Jean-Luc David which Cole. one did you pick there are so many to choose um, from let me think I think that was January or February let me see was it that one? Nope, that's Uncle Ted. Tyson. Here, I'll go through. I'll find them. It's, yeah, there are so many. And, like, quoting Lincoln could get you banned on YouTube. You know what? Yes, this is Lincoln. This is not me. Our Republican system was meant for homogenous people. As long as blacks continue to live with whites, they constitute a threat to national life. Family life may also collapse, and the increase of mixed breed bastards may someday challenge the supremacy of the white man, Abraham Lincoln. Bet they didn't know that when they go Lincoln visit Lincoln. a statue, right? Nope. <laughs> and that's actually rather mild compared to some of the other things he said about blacks. But that's, they don't know. They don't teach right. it. They act like he's the hero on the hill that cared about black people. He did not at all. He didn't yeah. care about white, he didn't care about anything but his little clique of, of bankers and industrialists. He's a top hat wearing crony capitalist demon. <clears throat> Now born in excrement that's what i heard <laughs> well we will leave it on that note ryan it has been so wonderful talking to you uh everybody can find most of the stuff at ancreport.com that's right ancreport.com has a link to telegram bitshoot odyssey all that good stuff we sell t-shirts i've got an anti-groomer anti-disney shirt it says boycott is uh boycott disney out right now because they've lost their minds it's sad because i love disney but they have just totally gone woke and i hope they go broke so all the gears there all the places of follower there i do a video every day um and i also have a a southern site called dawsontime.com is that which the is, one you do uh interviews with your brother y'all yeah i got a stuff i got a twin brother who is really into civil war stuff so he's your twin i didn't know that yep we're twins i i have another not twin brother and i have a sister too but like and i've got some stepbrothers too but i have a twin that discusses mostly civil war topics the last most recent ones on blackbeard actually uh so it's just it's american history but most of it's civil war it seems like <laughs> is that where your civil war talks are it's through dawson time they're on both sites, but like if you want to just find all the Civil War stuff pretty fast, just go to DawsonTime.com. Now, 
because I'll talk Civil War stuff in the middle of talking about Ukraine, Iraq, or whatever. Right. I'll just it always people play a little drinking game, like how many minutes before he says something <laughs> about Lincoln, right? <laughs> Today it took what thirty minutes. And like, let's talk about yeah. singling. And like, uh, it's just so, it, because it's always it is that it comes back to that. That's what it's just like. Woodrow Wilson's another guy. F him. Like that guy messed up the planet. Like that all that stuff is all his fault. Like not as bad as Lincoln, but man, really bad. Right. And uh, yeah, it, it always goes that. I always bash on it. John McCain's another guy. Period. We have the John McCain death anniversary every 25th of the month because he died on August 25th. And every 25th, you get to celebrate the month anniversary of John McCain's death, which wow. means every Christmas is also a John McCain death anniversary. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that good. great? <laughs> that guy was horrible. His whole family yeah, well, is horrible. But yeah. Well, you, you changed my best friend's mind who. I was I was making inroads with letting her kind of um, see my worldview that it is it does all come back to stinking Lincoln. But because I'm her best friend, you know, she's just like, oh, whatever. OK, you know, I know that you do your research, but maybe, you know, I, I would take baby steps with it. Uh, but you changed her mind and oh, she yeah? had uh, read or watched some of your reconstruction stuff. And she's, I had heard of you before. This was like a year or so ago. I'd I did one with Pete Kionez and I did one with Ethan Ralph on reconstruction. Yeah. And then that's what she saw. I'd written about it, but probably the Libertarian Institute let me talk about it one time and I went through Maybe it. That's where she saw it. Cause it was a while ago. I would and recommend though, Philip Lee, L E I G H yeah. though. Yeah. Is better than I am on that. A lot of people are, but like, like a lot of these authors, I don't think they understand like your book is great, but people don't know why they need to read it to get your foot in the door. You got to podcast a new video. So I'm kind of doing that for them. I'll podcast it. I cannot, no one can ad lib as well as someone can write a book because you, know, you get, right. you know, but I'll just get what I know in there without, you know, having to sit and think, just saying it. And then I'll say, you know what? Why don't you get the Robert E. Lee Reader? Or why don't you get Philip Lee's Reconstruction? Or mm -hmm. go to Abbeville Institute, listen to Byron Clanahan, or you know any of these guys like uh, Donald Livingston or someone like that. Read all the Shelby Foote series. That that's like my I want to be the gateway to Thomas DeLorenzo and people that specifically write Civil War things. I'm all the war. I mostly right now on Ukraine, all the current stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you ask me about the Civil War, I'm pretty good. But I am not as good as as historians whose entire dissertation and everything is on just this subject, right? I just read I think things from them. Yeah, I think it's because you do so many other things. Like Phil Lee's thing is talking about the South. Abbeville is the Southern tradition. Mm -hmm. You know, Brian McClanahan talks about like some modern stuff, but of course it's through the Southern lens. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's maybe why it like it, it turned something because I actually got her to a Abbeville conference once too and she oh, cool. liked it. Yeah, and she's not opposed to it. She's a Southerner, but I think just I guess yeah, it does seem like well, you're it. they're just biased because that's their thing. Whereas I have right. some street cred because yeah, I got a lot of Muslims and a lot of Arabs and a lot of people because I've been talking about Iraq forever. I talked about mm -hmm. Syria forever. I talked about Palestine forever, and they didn't even know. That I knew anything about the Civil War. 
until someone asked and was like, oh, you want to open this door? Here comes a flood of information. But mostly I'm known as the 9-11 guy or the, or the guy, the researcher into Jeffrey Epstein. I don't pull Lincoln in every time or whatever, but uh, I didn't because I thought people already knew it. And then I realized, no, <laughs> they don't. So now I try to talk about the Civil War at least a little bit in whatever else I'm doing. But because they knew I'm telling the truth about Iraq and they knew I'm telling yeah. the truth about Vietnam and they knew I'm telling the truth about Iran-Contra on September 11th, and they're like, well, what's this guy think about the Civil War? And like, well, you think I'm wrong on that and right on all these other things? I'm like, right. look, they lie about that war as much as they lied about every other war. I mean, the, the, they lie about how it started. They lie about why it started. They lie about how it ended. They lie about Reconstruction. It's nothing but lies. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid... 50 years from now they're going to say Saddam Hussein yanked babies off an incubator like that's just going to be in the textbook and we can't let that happen there was no internet in 1860s nobody could could counterpunch the way we can now now you can debunk stuff in real time almost Buka Massacre comes out within days we proved it was Ukraine right mm -hmm. uh, but you know like Rittenhouse it was all on film like if People had not filmed that whole occurrence, he'd be in jail. He happened to have the most documented self-defense case in history. Every angle they showed, it was all, the guys were attacking him. It was clear it's on, it's, it's on camera. But it might not have been, right? And had it not been filmed exonerating him, there's no way. They would have just lied and he'd be in prison, right? We don't have film of the Civil War, right? We can't. But, I mean, I have gone down, I didn't start with the opinion I have. Like, I heard what I heard in school. I'll read the mustard rolls and stuff, and I've read so many hours and hours worth of letters, and I never found a single one of a soldier saying, I can't wait to get home and whip the slaves. <laughs> like, nothing, not a mention of slavery. It's all these GD Yankees came down here, and they burned this and that, and, like, that's all it is. <laughs> they fought because they got attacked. Why do you think Iraqis fought the U.S. Army? You think they loved Saddam Hussein or they didn't like somebody flattening Fallujah and killing people they knew? Right. They fought us because we were over there killing them. They're not Saddam loyalists. They're not like Ba'athist Republican Guard or anything. They're just fighting for their homes. Yep. 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 You invade somebody's home and uh, they'll do a... They'll fight you. <laughs> they'll do almost anything yeah. <laughs> to <laughs> like, they're kith and kin, right? You know? mm -hmm. And it's weird because some liberal will realize, yeah, well, the Rockies fought us because we we're over there bombing them over nothing. I'm like, you don't think Virginians fought that a northern right. army that was coming down and setting things on fire? Come on. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, Ryan, it has been awesome. I'm going to link to is everything that I can. Definitely, um, obviously, ANC report, Dawson time. And I love that you counterpunch everything and that you debunk. And I heard you say in a recent video that you are, um, you keep going out of spite. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's <laughs> definitely not, it's definitely not profitable to uh, go against the narrative, but it's truthful. And yeah, I feel like I have had an impact, especially on September 11th. And I, I did have an impact on Epstein because a lot of the people on my map got arrested. Mm -hmm. And uh, it allowed other researchers to grab and add on to or just grab and reiterate material that I did so that more people 
would know what was going on because that was a lot bigger than just a couple of rich perverts raping girls. It was way right. larger than that. And so, yeah, I'm going to get deplatformed and get called a Holocaust denier and all this bullshit. Anti-Semite of the week. They canceled my T-shirt company over that. Why? Because I have a shirt that says boycott Israel. Israel's not the Jews. Israel's a state and they colonize okay. people. F Israel. But like, yeah, when you speak truth to power, they're going to throw mud at you. But and I lost money and I lost platform. I lost 15 years of videos of my life, but I'm going to do it out of spite now. I'm going to double down. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's the native in me or the southern enemy. But I'll, I only have one mode. It's charge. So <laughs> tomahawk them. Well, onward. <laughs> exactly. Keep, keep showing them the bayonet. And um, yes. I just uh, I love everything you do. And Give them I the axe. Be- That's what, you know, the hand-to-hand combat. The Jackson Brigade had axes just like natives because you just yeah. swap the bayonet out with one axe and come down with the other axe. And then the Yankees started copying that. They started buying axes after a while. Anyway, <laughs> little, here's a little Every- trivia. More people have died from the spear, and that would include bayonets, halberts, every kind of spear, than bullets. Isn't that weird? Are you saying like throughout history? Throughout, yeah. You'd have to add from ancient Greece all the way on. Like more people have died on the blade of wow. uh, some variation of a spear, the pointy thing on a stick, than have been shot. And more have died from starvation than all the above. But like that isn't that weird? Like that yeah. pokey thing, that did it. Not because <laughs> Hiroshima and all like you're talking about boom, hundreds of thousands gone instantly. Spear still still way ahead. It's Don't weird. Even touch it. Mm-hmm. Man. Wow. Hey, that is a good piece of trivia. Is that, that on your calendar? <laughs> no. But like I mean look like Hannibal was wiping out fifty five thousand Man, and people in per battle in Rome and stuff. Those was huge back then. But um, that keeps adding up and adding up. You know, you got centuries yeah. of spears, right? But yes. um, still, that's the thing. That is something else. I don't know right, how right. they calculated that, but some nerds went through yeah, you and get started. It well, they started adding up, you know, general like casualties of the battles we know. Um, I'm sure this they probably just put them on spreadsheets. I had these numbers. They started calculating the number that died and they might as well. This would have been arrow or this would have been whatever. But like it's uh, fascinating because one one of the reasons is how many people died in China from medieval internal conflicts from spears. But in Rome and that does a lot actually. And then the bayonet is still that's still a spear like we're still using that. And, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable how many people we have slaughtered in all these stupid wars with a pointy thing, you know, and it's like, all it never really evolved. It's just like, it went from, you know, rock on a stick to, you know, full on like lances and things and steel, but still a pointy thing. (laughs) That's all it is. That's fascinating. If we Mm -hmm. could, uh, learn from history, maybe we wouldn't have to, Use so many pointing things to hurt each other. We wouldn't have to repeat it. Yeah, we wouldn't have to fling things at each other's cities. That's right. From rocks to uh, thermal barrack bombs. It, it's just, we're, we're dumb monkeys, man. We're like, <laughs> the technology improved because you can keep passing that on and building on it, but our humanities have flatlined. We are just yeah. as stupid socially now as we were 
in ancient times. Do, do you think more so sometimes? Well, I look like at California and I think what yeah. happened. I think it's drugs. Yeah, I think drugs have made us dumber. Because when we didn't have the drugs, you couldn't reach that level of stupidity naturally. You cannot be as dumb as some Californians are without drugs. Can't. Mm -hmm. Animals are smarter than that. Yeah, sometimes I think uh, we are. There are apes that have more words yeah. in sign language than some Californian hobo fentanyl addicts. They're just, they can't even, I don't know how to help that state. Like, yeah. you've got to get rid of liberals. It's That is the real virus. Shit libs. Yeah. Yankees. Yankees are a virus. They will destroy your cities. Well, can I ask you one question about <laughs> Japan? Yeah, because polar I'm, opposite over here. Streets are clean, yeah. no homeless. Like he's had a conservative government for fifty-five years. But how much of an influence did the West have? You know, is it like hyper capitalism, or, or is there any kind of importation of you know? Well, the major influence. Stuff? I mean, they had women's suffrage that was huge, and they uh, they basically abandoned war and yeah. took all that military spending. See, every society has its sort of industrial parasite. So in the U.S., that's pharmaceuticals and weapons. In Japan, serendipitously, because so many cities have been destroyed, the construction industry became the most powerful lobby because they had wow. to rebuild all these roads and bridges and cities and things. That's far better than drugs and weapons, by the way. So we have a problem of building things unnecessarily. That road is too nice. <laughs> like, it's too expensive. It's pristine and all, but, like, probably didn't need it. But And it wasn't cost efficient. But you end up with a lot of nice things. But it does reach a point where, at first, you have to rebuild Nagasaki, Hiroshima, Tokyo, Nagoya, Osaka. And there's a lot of construction legitimately needs to be done. And they gain a lot of power and a lot of wealth and a lot of jobs tied to the construction industry. This is how Yakuza gets into theirs. But once everything is rebuilt and you have this mammoth of a lot of people that you don't want to put out of work and a lot of powerful, you know, uh, moneyed interest, right? Now what? You don't need any more six lane bridges or whatever. What do you do? Right. And it's so it's like, what do you do with this? So you end up creating a lot of uh, unnecessary public works projects and stuff. But man, I can't even feel like I can complain about this compared to, you know, <laughs> compared to what Pfizer does and Lockheed Martin. I'm like, okay, we we have a a road somewhere in Hokkaido that really didn't need to be there. Like that, okay, it's a waste. I get it. It's profiteering. We have our problems, but they're just that's just not even doesn't even bother me compared to the stuff America does. You know, right. um, and Japan not... has Japan has got like power harassment and they've got other issues here culturally and stuff but none of them like they don't have school shootings they don't have any shootings they don't have and that's not because guns are illegal guns are illegal all throughout latin america and they still have more shootings in the u.s because shootings isn't a law issue of whether you have guns or not it's a drug issue and they don't have a drug problem in japan either because they close their borders they um there is kind of what we call pink collar jobs. So they haven't come all the way 
on like it's sort of like the u.s in the 60s or something like a lot of women like do you want to be a teacher or a nurse but there's not and it's not that they're not allowed to do other things they just don't have that ambition and i don't know that i can't really say that's wrong or right like there's nothing wrong with being a mother and there's nothing wrong with it but uh there doesn't seem if you look at careers and stuff on paper people look at it and go well yeah you have a few mayors and stuff that are female and a few politicians a few engineers a few whatever but by and large it's really the, the salary man and and the mom stays home with the kids and no one's like it's not because of sexism it's because men and women think that way they like this is what i want to do and that's what i want to do so there's that. But someone from the outside would say, oh, yeah, a woman can't do blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, they can. They don't want to. <laughs> like, yeah. I probably could have been a nurse. I have no interest in it. My sister probably could have been doing what I'm doing. She don't like this stuff. So you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Yeah. And maybe they're just smarter than us that, you know, the, yeah. the women here. Have they been... are 15 points ahead of us on the IQ bell curve. So. Right. <laughs> You know, I think oh, that's drugs too. I think can, our yeah. bell curve is lower because of all the idiots that have ruined their brain on drugs. Yeah. And maybe they just go, well, a woman can't do it all because that's why women are all on Zoloft in America and they are probably much happier. <laughs> I love <laughs> the thing, like some female account, whatever, like everybody on their deathbeds wish they had more time with their kid. Nobody's like, yeah. I wish I had filed one more document. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Career sucks. The only reason men do yep. that is to earn money so they can do stuff they actually want to do. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Nobody loves their job. Like, yeah. almost, that's not, I can't say no one, but like, no one loves their job as much as they love their free time. Put it that way. Yeah. You might like your job, but you like your leisure time even more. <laughs> right. Yes, it's true. Well, I've been a stay-at-home homeschooling mom for almost 15 years now. That's awesome. It's a wonderful thing. There is nothing more important than educating and raising children. Yep. That's the most I important job there is. Yes, Shouldn't judge I jobs agree. by salary. Should judge jobs by function. That's right. Mm -hmm. And I I'm glad there is some dude out there running the nuclear power plant. <laughs> that's important, but I don't yeah. want to do it. <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I want to raise kids. <laughs> Well, on that note, I'll let you get to your kids. I heard somebody crying earlier. Um, so, <laughs> and my dog's in here starting to fiddle around. Too, Two of them so. are at school. One is, uh, I think they went to the park actually, but yeah, I'm going to go join them. Uh, oh, well, good. Enjoy yeah. your beautiful day, Ryan. It's been a pleasure meeting you. I would, um, I'd love to get together with you again sometime. And uh, I wish you the best. I hope you have a wonderful day. And thank you so very much. Thank you so much. Long live the South. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.